Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Keel Podcast. I am your host, as always, Alex Keel, alongside me, the insider of the insiders, <gasps> Tyler Keel. Is Kawhi Leonard signed with the Raptors yet? No, he is not. Oh. Oh. If you want to tell, if you want to tell Tyler to make sure to keep talking about hockey on this podcast, make sure to hashtag the Keel Podcast, or tag us on Twitter and Facebook at The Keel Podcast. We will hopefully get someone to talk to us through that. Well, okay, so with Durant and all of them going to Brooklyn, the Raptors need him because guess what? Without him, we cannot compete in the East because Milwaukee is still going to be good. The Nets are going to be good. The Knicks are just sitting there looking at the Rangers saying, how did we not be able to pull that off? It's pretty much going to be Brooklyn or Milwaukee next year if Leonard doesn't sign in the East. Because no matter where, wherever Kawhi signs, it's going to be a good team. That is a fair point. Except for the Magic. Actually, no, no. No, the Orlando Magic. They'll be competitive, but it wasn't just. They would be similar to the Charlotte Hornets, where they're not necessarily a great team, but they can still play. The Hornets again? Oh, yeah, I've happened that a while ago. Remember there were the Bobcats? Michael Jordan's like, I got a team. We're going to do this. Bring him basketball back to Charlotte. The Bobcats. Wait, what? Remember they were still the New Orleans Hornets then? Yes, Ty. And they became the Pelicans. But Zion Williamson. Yes. And not Anthony Davis. Nope. No unibrow power there. Don't need him because they uh, have that ball fellow. That The Lonzo. Not Alonzo. Lonzo. Forgot a vowel there. Yeah, Gonzo the ball player. Gonzo from any relevance. Got it. Also, for those of you that don't know, we have partnered with Downtown Sports Network. Make sure to go check them out and listen to everything they have to offer in the plethora of content they have. Hashtag DTSN, Downtown Sports Network, LLC. Today, or you can just follow them at DTS or DT Sports Network. You can follow there that too. Probably a little easier. Probably. Now, hashtag good content. Hashtag great time. Great content. Great content. You're starting us off here early, Alex, and I don't. I, I believe you're wrong because we've got a lot of content. I don't know if it's great content. I mean, even if it's mediocre, we got a lot of it. That's true. Speaking, then again, of, speaking of the ducks, no, I'm kidding. The ducks, no. Speaking of mediocre. Not, not, in getting, not getting there quite yet. So, first of all, let's get down to brass tacks here. Brass ta- You mean brass bonanza? You know, Hartford Whalers? Oh, for bam, 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 that, bam, 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 That's bam, enough of that. Bam, 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 bam. Okay. There was an offer sheet yesterday. The inevitable offer sheet that this was the year. Yes. Yesterday, Canada Day, we, d- we decided, or the world decided that, hey, offer sheets are relevant again. We're going to actually do something with them. And none other than my beloved Canes had a player from the roster offer-sheeted. What do you mean, Curtis McElhaney? I'm kidding. We'll get get to that later. None other than Sebastian Ajo was given an offer-sheet. And signed it. From the Montreal Canadiens. You had to sign it to actually make it official, because if you don't sign it, well, who cares? Right. Montreal gave it to him. There are three teams in the running. Montreal, obviously the big one. Mark Bergevin making a big statement saying, we're going to go for it. A bigger statement than his biceps. That's pretty big. His he, No, everyone talks about Hulk Hogan's 22-inch. 
Mark Bergman's got 24-inch pythons. I'm serious, man. He's just, he's, let's be honest. He is about twice the size he was when he played. Let's just go with that. Five years by $8.454 million with a grand total of $42.27 million for that entire contract. The funny part is that it's just signing bonus. Correct. That, that's that's the huge part is those bonuses with the base salary for years one and two being league minimum at 700000 Obviously, his cap hit is not that. No. His, his cap hit would <laughs> no, be his no. AAV. But base salary for the first two years is $700,000. And then years three through five, it goes up to seven hundred and fifty thousand. So congratulations to Marty Furk for having the same base salary as one of the best players in the league. Now... If things go through, and we just received word that the Carolina Hurricanes are expected to be uh, matching that offer within the next hour or so. That's reported by Chris Johnson and who was the other person that tweeted it? Uh, Sarah, 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 Sarah Sivian? Sarah Sivian. Siv? It's, Where is she it's, from? It's CIV. Uh, she writes for The Athletic from North Carolina. Okay. I think it's CIV. It's, well, her name's Sarah Siv. Anyway. Sivian, Chivian, whatever. She's a big fan of Third Eye Blind. At, it's all right. I'm, I'm okay with that. Sorry, right. I just clicked her Twitter profile. So, for those of you that are paying attention to the, to the maths of this entire equation, if Sebastian Aho were to go to the Montreal Canadiens, or gives off, or it's matched, or if it's matched, his despite other than his salary, he would be owed a total of twenty one point one seven million dollars in signing bonuses between now and july 1st of 2020 that's a lot of money correct which may be the the huge factor into whether or not carolina can go through with a signing bonus with if carolina is so cap or money strapped as you think they are tyler which, they'll have a problem with this. I don't think so necessarily because I believe that North Carolina has a very good market for sports. But the thing is, is that I think with Tom, with having a good ownership, and you're actually able to pay for stuff. That's why Arizona has never been able to pay for players. Yes, the cap is the same. But that doesn't mean you actually can afford to pay the players. That's, That's why when Mark Bergevin went for this deal, everyone went, "Well, is it?" But then again, this is the easiest and the lightest deal possible. It could have easily gone one grade higher, one level higher in the RFAs. It could have. Montreal would have been having to give up a first, second, and a third. If they had been giving up nine or nine and a half, or I think it's nine and a half, excuse me. Nine and a half, yes. They would have given up two firsts, a second, and a third, which probably would have put Carolina on the hot seat. Right. That's However, a- Montreal didn't want to go all the way through it. Now that they being, have space to do it, it's just for this kind of a player, you weren't sure. Correct. It, now he, Sebastian Ajo, is a younger player, just coming off his ELC. He, he has that potential to grow up, and obviously with a five-year deal, you're starting to get towards that, you know, that prime playing time, especially with how things are going with the game. The younger players, their prime is sooner than the older players. Well, and with a cap space, or projected cap space, excuse me, obviously from cap friendly of $11.806191 million, so $11.8 million, they, they have the room to do this. Right. And 
it's it's one that you do have you really have to consider. And like I said, they have the room to do it. And the nice part about the off season is before September, you're able to have ten percent over the salary cap until you have to put a definitive roster on. Right. So you're able to spend a little bit more. Obviously, Carolina's probably not going to. We'll get to them in a little more in the UFA and what they did, but they needed. They they know they need to keep Aho. Yeah, they have offensive talent and. There's still questions whether or not Justin Williams is willing to play or wants to play. Will he come back? But having this guy, this young talent, home I guess you'd say homegrown talent, even though he's drafted with Sveshnikov and other guys, Teravainen on the back end, you have good players all around that have the ability to grow around him. Correct. So keeping him in this spot is a big deal. Now, what does this mean for Montreal? Mark Bergevin went out and said, we're going to go for it. The rebuild is over. Carey Price is there. Keith Kincaid's the backup now. We're going to ride this pony. Listen, Montreal was very close to a playoff spot. They were they close. Were. But they didn't quite get it. But they still have very good, talented players, good young core, and adding Ajo would have been huge. It like, will be huge like if, I they, said, if they do it. Like I said, though, the problem was that I think the offer was too low. It was too easy for Carolina to match. Even Carolina, who does have... Not the mo- does not have the greatest economic strength compared to Montreal, to New York, Toronto, Detroit, whatever you want to do. The part of it is, is that now Montreal with Carolina do the best part about Don Waddell's presser after uh, yesterday was that he was glad that he doesn't have to spend a whole summer negotiating a contract. But he also said uh, one of the quotes was that he was expecting he was surprised it was not more. He was expecting nine and a half, ten, something like that for Ajo. Because don't forget, July 1st is the day that everyone overpays everything. Anton Strawman, for example. We'll get to that later. Correct. But now Montreal sees that, hey, Bergevin's not being a dumb schmuck and trying to tear this team apart. He's trying to go for something here. Right, and but to the w- same token, though, he doesn't want to sign Sebastian Ajo to um, a five-year deal for a huge amount of money. Well, I mean, that's why I mean he- just look at it, though. Think about the RFAs that you have coming up in the next couple of years. Kakanyemi is a huge one. He's only 18 years old. His ELC goes up in 2021-22. What about how many more years for Weber? It's a couple, right? For Shea Weber, he is uh, off the board. Hey! <laughs> He's still locked up for 7.8 and some change, you know, for years and years and years. And then, I mean, hey. you, you you have a few contracts that are going to be coming up within that five-year span. You know, Carl Osner, Osner, yeah. excuse me, you know, Jeff Petrie is another yeah. one. Keith Kincaid, you know, is obviously not this year, but he's a UFA next year. And then Charlie. Uh, it's a one-year deal. But here's the thing. Montreal, I believe, went after Ajo after they found out they were not going to get Duchesne. Now, whether there was whispers that Duchesne was going to get offered nine by Montreal, which would not have been a good idea at all. But they probably tried to bring it back a little bit. And you know what? I'm sure Duchesne probably thought it was a better deal. Now, you can take the whole tax in Quebec deal into account. You know how the you know tax in Quebec are probably the biggest in the league. Tax in Canada compared to the United States are bigger than the rest of the entire lower United States. That's why everyone wants to go to Florida. Because right. you, you ain't nobody taking money from you down there. Why? Because all the old people have all the Social Security down there. Anyways, so Montreal, it is it is tough for them to get good players unless they're substantially good. That's why maybe they didn't go for the, if they maybe have gone for nine and a half, maybe, possibly. However, now they have the ability to look around. They do. 
Marner's still there. Patrick Laine's still there. You're not dragging Brock Besser out of Vancouver. I'm sorry. I just I don't think you're going to be able to give up enough for Jim Benning, who's obviously trying to make moves to make this team better. They're not gonna they're not gonna allow Brock Besser. If he is offer sheeted, they're gonna match. Unless you offer him like ten million dollars. In that case, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but, right. And I think the huge thing when we're talking about those kind of players, the the Lines and Marners, obviously needing to have contracts. Kyle Connor too, by the way. Kyle Connor as well. Yes. These, these are going to be players that are going to be looking for term. So that's going to be a huge thing that Montreal is also going to have to be taking into account when they're going to be putting, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars onto one of these guys. So what, even if you were to get one of these players, you also have to think about the term and think about how much money you're going to be spending in the long term. Because, you know, when we just talked about the Shea Weber contract, he's completely off the board with how many years he's still left he has left on his contract, and that can be intimidating, especially for these general managers that are trying to put teams together to obviously go for championships and be a competitive team, but also thinking about that financial side of it and what they can actually feasibly accomplish. Right, and that's why that's why I think Carolina's just going to go for it because you want to keep one of these younger players. It is pretty well official by that. I mean, everyone's confirming it, including the Carolina Hurricanes, who had the who had the Vegas like tweet of the free agent period when they put no, out No, that's not Vegas. That's all Carolina. That's that new world order mentality. Started by Vegas. You mad? But no, it's just great because like they put out the poll I'm like, will we uh, will we match the offer sheet for Sebastian Naho? Yes or we? More just, people said just, yes. Just putting the knife in there and eat yeah. Because it's French, get it? Because they're from Montreal yeah. and Quebec, and that's why I said yes or we. I voted we. Unfortunately, the um, the Eng- or Amer- English American version uh, word uh, got pronunciation got the uh, the higher votes. Because I'll be honest with you, people in the South probably don't know what we stands for. They probably do. They're not stupid. No, no, New Orleans. But everyone else, I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about you know pop culture. It's not. Okay, it's not. People, it's, it's pretty. There's common probably knowledge. some people that had to look up we. Okay, but there's also people that it's pop culture. We is in it, it's just a common word. Even if you're not it's French, in pop. Oh. You I'm know just... you know what we stands for. Just like how people that don't speak Spanish, they know what C means. Means well, that's yes. Because America is a very diverse country, whereas Canada is even more diverse. If at, at times. I don't know. Whenever I've been to big cities, I, it seems like Toronto just had more diversity well it's just because it's the melting pot then again you really haven't been too many places that's true i will say this though brampton ontario is new portugal <laughs> i will say that i that that was and, and that's not a knock or anything it just was funny because i went in there and there was like portuguese flags portuguese shops everywhere mm, that's possible. in just in just brampton so let's talk about the rfas that have signed so far um from columbus we have none other than Jonas Corposalo signing a one-year, $1.15 million deal. Not a bad conversation Thank there. Thank goodness they have a goaltender. Right. Uh, Connor Clifton from Boston. He signs a three-year deal for $1 million per year. Not bad. Just keeping him there. From your Toronto Maple Leafs, you have... Kapanen signing a three-year deal for 
two per. As expected. And then Tyler... <laughs> no, no, excuse no. me. Andreas Janssen. Andreas Janssen. See, Tyler Johnson, Andreas Janssen. They're not even the same. No, they're not. Why? Because Tyler Johnson's half of what Andreas Janssen is. Suck it, Lightning! Sorry. Four by 3.4 million, as expected for both of them. So, at least, good, you know, they got good it. Deals, it's official. Yes. Good very. deals there, you know. And the best part is both players understand that, well, we're, we're good, we're talented, but... I haven't really done a whole lot. Imagine if every player thought that way and was realistic, Alex. Imagine how great it would be. Imagine if some players that may have put 90 points up once in their career would realize, you know what, maybe I'm not quite worth $10 million yet. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm going. Stop me, Alex. We're in trouble. We're going to keep going. Timo Meyer signs a deal with the San Jose Sharks for four years, $6 million per. Going back to... Hey. Yeah, it, it, it's a rough one, but you know what? Hey. They, they have the cap space. Uh, Ryan. You're right, because they haven't signed Thornton yet to a $3.5 million contract, which is probably what's going to happen. But that's a lot, Alex. For Or they haven't signed Patrick Marlowe. Well, Meyer, he's going to. Oh, excuse me. Marlowe's going to take a, a cheap deal. He is still a UFA. Right. But the thing is, is that, listen, you're already overpaying Evander Kane, you're overpaying Thomas Hurdle. You know, you got Melka Carlson for one more year. That's kind of a cute deal. Logan Couture, uh, yes, he's your guy. He's he's going to be your captain now, unless you're going to give it back to Thorin, because Pavelski's gone. But look at all these contracts that Doug Wilson signed. Yes, Doug Wilson is a wizard. He was able to somehow flip Mike Hoffman for picks to Florida. He was able to get Eric Carlson, and then he overpays him at 11.5. Brent Burns is still at $8 million. I'm okay with that. Mark Edward Vlasic, $7 million. Brendan Dillon's going to be UFA after next season at 3.27. It just, there's just some contracts. And yes, Martin Jones at one point was worth $5.75 million. But the point is, is Timo Meyer that good? They are they lost out on Jonas Dongskoy. But then again, I don't think they're really making a huge push for that. But within reason, though, I mean, I, that's obviously a move by the player and his agency and his agent staff that, you know what, we really don't care if we play here or not, but we want to be here still. Right. We, we, want, mean, we want to play here, but then again, you have to as an RFA. Six million dollars? You're telling me that Timo Meyer is just a hair under, or a couple mil under Sebastian Ajo. You're telling me that Timo Meyer, Timo Meyer and William Nylander, I guess, are sort of similar. But we'll see how they both do next year, I guess. And I was listening to, I was listening after Free Agent Friends yesterday. I forgot who said it, but it's a shame nowadays that players are not looked. I think it was on. I think it was Ray Ferraro or Poulin, one of the players. But they said it's it's a shame that the players are not valued by their production or how they actually. Well, perform. most are. No, because now they're all looking at the contracts. Rookies are one thing. Rookies are, nobody cares. ELCs are out the door. Nobody gives a crap about them. The, I mean, you should. But they're not worth anything. They're, everything's, yes, they are. Everything, the, Alex, Austin Matthews getting paid 900 grand, 920 grand. Yeah. It's not, trust me when I say. It matters because if you if you try to undercut someone, and like, all right, here, we're going to give you the least amount of money we can possibly do. Oh, but what I'm saying is that like it does not matter because it does. When you pay a top end player 900 grand, it's a steal is what I'm trying to say. Nobody cares about ELCs. They're out the door. I don't care. You should. It's when you pay them their big contracts. Timo Meyer, if he does not put up 45 to 50 points a year, 
that six mil is going to look garbage. Well, he got 66 last year. I'm, well, I'm saying he's got to do it every year. Well, this, okay, okay. Here's the thing, though. And he's still going right, to so, be an RFA at the end of it. So he, you know, 2015, 2016, goes to play for Rouen, Noranda, Halifax. He plays U20 for Switzerland. And then he finishes yeah, Meyer, up. Yeah, he was on the team that lost yep. to London. Yep, and then he... Matthew Kachuk. And then he finished out his career with Rouen. And then comes into the league 2016-2017, first year. Gets a grand total of six points in 34 games. Obviously, you know, developing and everything. But get it to 66 points last year. He, that was the first 66 year he, points last year and the year before that, 36 points, playing 81 games in 2017-2018 and 2018-2019, playing 78. What I'm saying is, is that this is a contract that you he better keep putting up those kind of numbers. That's why a contract year is so just weird because you play well for one year because you know you want to make the big dough. You want to give it all. You want to be able to put 60 points up. Because let's be honest, if Timo Meyer puts up 30 points, he's not getting paid more than a million and a half. It's, not, it's the fact that he produced well in the regular season, and then also he was a great factor in hey, the playoffs. He, he had that great assist. He that was never, a great factor in the playoffs. He had, he had a nice little hand pass over to Carlson to get that game winner. Everyone remembers that. The point of the matter is, is that, listen, if he puts up under 50 for the next four years, guess what? That RFA deal he's going to have at the end of it is going to look pretty shoddy, let me tell you. Because if you're going to get paid 6 mil, you need to produce like 6 mil. Eric Carlson, $11.5 million? Yeah, you're dumb. That's a lot of money for a guy with half one and a half feet who can't skate fast, who's got no speed anymore. Offense production is down in the cellar. I Listen, Doug Wilson has had a great reputation as being a guy to be able to get good deals and great bring players in that make good runs, but he has not won anything. And yet here he is, and everyone's like, how are they not able to get the job done? Look at what they're paying players. Call it East Coast bias, but you'd think San Jose would be a little smarter than that. I think San Jose th- knows relatively what they're doing, and you know what? It's been working for them. They have been a playoff contender year after year after year. You're right. And a- they have been a playoff favorite year after year after year. So I wouldn't I- say year after year. This ain't 2011, Alex. Okay, for the past few. They've been, yes, they've made the they, playoffs. They have made the playoffs, and then for the past they- couple, they've been a contender. Yes, they made Like them- last year and the year before. I don't know. This may be the year that San Jose goes and takes it all. No, want- after 2016, it really didn't feel like that at all for San Jose. I beg to differ. I, I just, that's just you're right. That may be just me. But listen, you're paying guys this much. They only have a little over seven mil left in cap space. You're gonna have to pay for Thornton, and you keep talking about bringing Marlowe in. Okay, you know, there's a couple older guys, but okay, us but us are taking severe hometown discounts. You're, you really have nowhere else to go. What, who else are you going to bring in? Okay, but here's the thing. If I'm San Jose, you're not signing Thornton unless it's a hometown discount. Well, that's why I'm saying. Not it's the same signing, thing with Marlowe. It doesn't matter. Yes, he's a fan favorite. Great. But you're trying to win. And an old guy with a big beard doesn't win games. Neither does Unless it, neither, you're Brent Burns. Not, yeah, Brent Burns could win a game when his Norris here, but I, uh, maybe last year was a bad year for him. Eric Carlson is not a game changer anymore. This is not 2015, guys. He's I, still he's still making that money though. Right, because why? He's got a good agent, and Doug Wilson's clearly more gullible than on the ceiling. Do you see it? Look it up there. It's right there. That's where Doug Wilson was looking. Jesus, Pete's. I'm not saying. Listen, 
I've had my things to say about Kyle Dubas, but Doug Wilson's making Kyle Dubas look like a little bit smarter than everyone looks at him as. Last RFA that we have signed currently is the Columbus Blue Jackets making a deal with Ryan Murray, two years, $4.5 million. It's a solid deal. Obviously, you have a lot of cap space without without Dezingle, Duchesne, Panarin, Bobrovsky. Now, that being said, let's look at who we have left on the board. Just going to give a quick couple ones. Remember, like I said, Brock Besser, most likely going to sign with Vancouver. Like I said, Bim Jenny ain't going to let him go. Jacob Truba still has to sign a deal with the Rangers after he was traded from the Jets. Zach Rowenski still has to sign with Columbus. That's probably going to be, I mean, with his production, it may, I mean, 44 points last year, looked a little better than his first couple of years. That could be an interesting deal. Alex Kerfoot, who we'll get to in a second, when traded from the Leafs, it's still, he's probably going to sign. Cody Cece as well. So hopefully those are decent contracts the Leafs can get out. I, of course, we can keep going to Marner, but I don't want to because I don't have time nor the patience for that anymore. But Braden Point and Miko Ranton are probably two of the biggest remaining. Right, and it's it's been said that Colorado and Tampa almost certainly have those two locked up. There's no real th- threat to them. Same can be said for Kyle Connor, Matthew Kachuk, and Brock Besser. Tampa Bay has 8 mil left in cap, or li- excuse me, a hair under 8 mil left in cap space at the moment, and Colorado is looking at 27.15 million. <laughs> so, yeah, so and I'm just, just looking at this uh, RFA list that we have. Thank you to Cap Friendly, by the way. By the way, I should mention Colorado still has to sign Andre Burakovsky, who they traded for, JT Comfer, and Nikita Zadorov. Those are the four big ones, along with Rantanen. Right. So, when you're looking at the San Jose, um, well, I guess we'll, we'll stick with San Jose for a hot second here. When you're looking at their roster that they currently have, they have eight forwards locked up for a total of $31.75 million. So you, so you need to sign um, you need to sign Kevin LeBlanc and Dylan Gambrell. Otherwise, you're going to have to look at these RFAs, and one player that is a possibility for them is Jakob Vrana, and another one is Kevin Fiala from Minnesota. But do you really want to go through an offer sheet, though? That's the question. Is that, it that's really the great question. worth it? Fiala, listen, he's a decent player. But that said, just, yeah, you know? Yeah, you'd, you'd be making easy work for these other teams, especially at those lower deals, because they'll be able to match it. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to. So... Um, that being said, I don't think there's going to be too many more RFAs other than the big ones that maybe get offer sheeted. Otherwise, I think the one Sebastian Ajo offer sheet is the only one that we will see this entire uh, offseason. I don't think so. I Listen, if Bergevin, People are if, scared. if Bergevin falls through, listen, Tampa Bay's only got about 9 mil left. Toronto right now has got a little over 11 with the nice little moves by Dubas last few last week or so to get some cap space. Cap space and get some toxicity out of that locker room. Braden Point, man. If there is a guy to go over a high-dollar guy, listen, Calgary's fine. Now, they, our, Cal- but who, question is, who would go after Braden Point? 
Don't say the Leafs. Montreal. That's what I'm saying. Montreal should, if... Oh, when, absolutely. When it's official and it falls through, Mark Bridgman should keep knocking on people's doors. Heck, well, you can't go after True, but he doesn't want to play in Canada for that reason. But listen, there's Travis Konechny. You have, like I said, we talked about Line A, Kyle Connor. Winnipeg's trying to stay out of cap trouble as much as they can. Obviously, losing Tyler Myers, they got about $23 million left. But like I said, they still have to sign Cop, Line A, Connor up front. You, you don't really don't need much of a defense, but you know, you need Eric Comrie. I'm kidding, no. But like I said, 20, you have like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Almost 23 million left. But let's be honest, that 23 mil, if they really need, if they're really going to try to keep all three, they're going to have to spread it between Line A, Cop, and Connor. How that gets dispersed, we'll wait and see. But if you're Bergevin, why not? Why not go for it? You what also you have, have to think. What do you got to lose? They say no, uh, <laughs> and they or they match. Lose players in the expansion draft. That's what you got to do. You, that's what you got to worry about, well, especially with the term. Not well. That's <laughs> why you put them under no move clause if you really want them and stuff like that. Right. But, so, li- but like I, th- I said, I li- like something. I said, Line A's not going to get a long term contract. Yeah. Well, Kevin Chevaldeoff, if he, he won't does, get over five. Should take off one of his toes to understand the pain the Jets fans are going to go through if they have to sign Line A for an eight-year deal. Or no, no, excuse me, it's only seven-year now because they didn't sign him before July first. A long-term seven-year contract for a guy that yes had a down year, but give him an opportunity to redeem himself, two to three-year bridge deal. There you go, Line A, have some fun, put up fifty goals each year. Great, boom, there you go. Then you'll get your eight-year, ninety million dollar contract. Something similar to a supermax deal, but that's basketball. Luxury tax, Alex, will never come back to the NHL. Oh. So, let's they did, Actually, they did mention this on Free Agent Frenzy yesterday. What? It was kind of an interesting idea that there is one player per team that gets excluded from the cap each year. One player. It's, kind of, it's, it's interesting. Ray Ferraro, Dave Poulin are talking about it. It'd be very difficult the way the hard cap is right now and the CBA and all that. So, one player. One player you could go out and pay like twenty million dollars for for one year, but that's what I'm trying to. That's it's wait I, for one. For, so hold well, on, because because you only pay him for one year, and then they, probably there'd be rules involved with it. But the idea is that, say for example, like, so then you're gonna have all these different star players that are like, hey, we're gonna go for it. Let's pick up Ilya Kovalchuk, thirty million dollars one year. Okay, New Jersey, <laughs> but no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Go for one year, you pay him a bunch of money. Yes, would this favor the rich teams? Absolutely. I don't like that idea. Okay, what were you talking about last week then about the luxury tax? This is the luxury Because it goes for the entire team, not one player for one year. That's so stupid. I would hate to have... You I, have, you I have, would hate to be that you, player. You would have a 50-man rock... Or excuse me, you know what? You'd still be list, list, limited to 50 contracts. 49 of them have to fit under the 81.5 save salary cap. One player you can give, who cares about after that? And then Mitch Marner's contact will look just fine. <laughs> Let's get on to the trades and here. Just, and the best part is, like, there's, like, teams, if they don't set the rule of how the players can, like, how you can sign them or whatever, the, the Leafs will just cycle players. Like, all right, this year Matthews won't be on the cap. Next year will be Marner. Tavares, you'll be next. I'm just saying. Well, yeah. that wouldn't work with multi-years deal, multi-year deals. No, that's why you just pick it out for one year. If you're able to pick one player to not count against the salary cap, I'm I just saying that's stupid. That's just hey, that's CBA's stupid. coming up, man. 
I'm going to go to New York. New York? Is that where they're having that? New York? Yeah. I'll that's go. where the, hey, we'll go that's to New where York. the corporate offices are. Hey, man. We, hey, I'm going to New York. I'll go in there. I'll, I'll put, I won't make a petition. More or less a revision to the CBA. Oh, for peace. I'll write Nobody's it gonna I'll, I'll, get a le- I'll get a legal document. I'll have it signed off by some random lawyer that I've never met in my life and pay him a crap ton of money to do so. Slide it into the CBA negotiations and just see where the conversation goes. That's, an unknown that's source. enough of that. An unknown source uh, given an idea. Ray like, that was my idea. And I'm like, yep, thank you. Yes, Trades. I, yes, I was one of those kids in that class. Trades. Trades. But it's free agency acts. How could it be trades? Because people need to get cap space. That's why. Carolina Hurricanes received Eric Holla, like as in Holla Holla, from the Vegas Golden Knights. In return, they get Nicholas Roy, or is it Nicholas Wah? Roy. Roy, okay. Nicholas Roy and a 2021 conditional fifth round pick. The condition is if Hala is with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes past uh, next season and or the Canes trade him for another player, multiple picks, or a pick in the first five rounds, the pick goes to Vegas. So pretty much, if Hala walks on free agency, the pick goes away. Correct. So that's pretty much the deal. I, that's that's all it really is. Right. So it's a one-for-one holla for Roy unless they do trade him or sign him. I, you know what? Not a bad idea. I mean, Carolina needs the depth. And clearly they're going to lose out. No, not anymore. They need the depth and they need the cap space. I think so. I mean, well, that's not a cap space. It wasn't really. It's, it wasn't it's, really not, a, it's not a cap space deal with Eric Hall. The point is you're getting better down the middle. That's that's. Or, uh, I was referring to more to the fact of you don't need to spend as much money on other players because you're bringing in a, a good guy, a good guy, a great guy. And his cap hit Halla is one more year at two point seven five. Right. So it's not too much more. And then obviously after next year he's off the books if you don't resign him. And he will probably be your third line center behind Stahl and Aho. I don't think he'll stay for too much longer unless he... Oh, hey, it's, it's got to be. Yep, it's definitely official now because Sebastian Ajo is on cap friendly for the Hurricanes. So it's official now. It is 100% official that... Yeah, the, the, it was 15 minutes ago. Yeah. I was I was waiting. And shout out to World Hockey Report for literally saying the exact same thing I just said. Montreal better go after Braden Point. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. The other trade that happened in Carolina was none other than... Former Toronto Maple Leaf goaltender James Reimer, former Leaf, takes place between the pipes for the Carolina Hurricanes. Part time. Part time. What do you mean? Backup. No. We'll get to that in a second. Split time. Anywho, in reason why you're doing a podcast with me and not being a general manager. Then again, Tommy Dunn would just sign you because you're loud, boisterous, and things, and just like me, and you're going to start up a football league just to fold it after six weeks. What? In return, James Reimer is going to be exchanged for none other than Scott Darling and a 2020 sixth round pick. A good deal, good trade, gets a great goaltender in Carolina. That being said... I'm upset. Florida bought out Scott Darling with that, so they, the goaltending position is still partially open. We'll get to that. 
or so like I said, pretty much James Reimer for a sixth. Which is a good deal. For for Carolina, I guess. Well, it's a good deal. And not, again, not to again, mention... Then again, Reimer's stock was about as low as... I don't know. Have you followed his stocks lately? I don't know. I don't, I don't have a stock reference joke. Very uh, low. James Reimer's okay. No, he's okay, but look at his numbers. His numbers the last couple of years haven't been great. To his be fair... His number is 34. No, oh my goodness. <laughs> but the point is that... Uh, to be fair, this is not a knock against to Reimer. Be fair. This is not a knock against Reimer one bit. What I'm saying is he has been a little off since he's had children. But then again, being a dad is very tough. I'm not going to put that the reason why he's been a bad goaltender. Hey, defensively, the Panthers have been atrocious the last few years. So that could be a, said to that. So now moving to Carolina. Yes, you lost Calvin DeHaan, but they still have a decent decor back there. Like I said, he's still not going to be relied on to play big minutes. Now with the way that Brandon Moore likes to play as goaltenders. We'll see how much playing time he does get, and maybe a change in scenery helps. We will see, but... Right, and then and then also... Hindsight's 2020. unfortunately, we don't have that yet. 11.11. That's the cap space that they have right now. Still? It, yes. Or... Oh, yeah, 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 still. Wow, okay. Sorry, I'm like, still? I thought it was... Okay. Yeah, no, 8.454 Sebastian Ajo is listed... Till 2024 20, 25. Official. So that's a lot of room for them. Breaking news! Uh, once again, here on it the was break. Well, it, okay, it actually was pretty close to breaking because right before we started recording. Well, it, it broke that they were supposed to match within the hour, and then just about, I want to say, 20 minutes ago, that's when it. Two was weeks in a row! Whee! We are the number one reporting hockey podcast right. in the world! I think you've had too many puffers. That being said, let's move on to another team that is uh, looking to get some playoff contention in the East. Buffalo put in a little bit of work this past. Don't get a work, 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 work. This past week, well, actually just yesterday, uh, Colin Miller was traded from the Vegas Golden Knights. In return, Vegas receives a 2020 second round pick and a 2025th. Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights, this is going to be a trend in this podcast that they are trying to give up as much cap space as they can. Well, you just signed William Carlson for some money and you gave Mark Stone a contract that's going to look bad in about 30 minutes. And. Pacioretty's still on the books. There's whispers that he may get moved. But Jason Botterill is doing a good move here because, A, you help Vegas get some cap space off Colin Miller, very capable defenseman, right-handed shot. The Leafs were whispering to go after him as well, but Botterill is able to give a more fair deal to the Knights because, let's be honest, if you're the Knights, you want players in return. However, you can't afford to have players in return. So that's right. why. So now you're investing in the future. So that's why you get a couple draft picks for him, and we'll see how that goes. And Miller just kind of help, trying to help stabilize that back end with Ristolainen being shaky as all get out. And you're still—I don't want to say you're still sheltering Rasmus Dahlin, probably not next year, but giving him some more breathing room and trying to figure out his game. Like I said, he was still a call. He was still a Calder candidate. We'll see how it goes next year. The sophomore slump is a thing. It's kind of horrifying for some teams. Trust me when I say Zach Hyman knows all about that. Right. That being said, the other trade that Buffalo received uh, assets from would be the Jimmy Vesey trade. 
from the New York Rangers. Rangers are going to be receiving a 2021 third round pick in return, obviously trying to free up a little bit of cap space, obviously with the um, adding on of Artemi Panarin. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Also, they have to sign none other than Jacob Truba, who is still currently an RFA. Yes, Jimmy Vc making 2.275 for one more year. So this is his big contract year, and the Sabres have a lot of work to look at here. You know, you, you bring in Colin Miller, so now your defense is making well over $22 million right now. If I, let me see, 10, 14, 17, 20, 23. If you include Darlene's ELC, so you're that, about $25 million for the defense right now. A little over that because... Ristolainen's making 5.4. Bogosian's on for one more year. I'm sure that Bottle's counting down the days till a big party to get rid of that contract. And Marco Scandella's on for one more year at 4 mil. Brandon Colin Miller, who's still on for three years. Brandon Montour for one more year. Matt Hunwick is making 2.25. I don't know how, but Jake McCabe's an RFA. Not saying he's an extraordinarily valuable defenseman, but you need depth. That you do. And Buffalo, like I said, next year is going to be the big year because Sammy Reinhart will be up. Vladimir Sabaka will be up. Connor Shearer will be up. Like I said, Jimmy Vesey. Scott Wilson. Casey Middlesat will be the end of his, his, his ELC, but... Nah. I he, think he's, value. he's, he's valuable. He's not worth any more than minimum raise. He hasn't done much in the league. Gergesons will probably get a good look, and you'll have Evan Rodriguez because face-offs. That's why. The kid is dominant on the dot. Not quite Bergeron right, dominant. Especially with the new rule change of picking it, picking your side of whether. Yeah. Like, just people wanna, are picking, people are picking up guys wait, that are going to be face I can't wait for offs. next month because when we do our rule change episode or later on this month, it'll be great because I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, boy. I got a lot of one. We'll, have, we'll do like it dumb rules me. and then like legit rules. Uh, like, like dumb rules. Players can be moving before the faceoff. CFL rules. Moving to the Mile High State, Colorado gets none other than Andre Burakovsky. Urufa. He's a Rufa. From the Washington Capitals. Washington receives uh, Scott Kosmachuk. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, you said that right. And a 2020 second and third round pick. Pretty good for Colorado. Obviously, they're trying to uh, bolster their roster just a little bit and then not really giving up too much in return. Washington trying to invest in that future. It shouldn't um, be an astronomical deal to get Burakovsky signed. And that's why Washington probably thought maybe they were going to be a little cat strapped with that. So that's why they wanted to move him. It's just the signing rights, not nothing official yet. But then again, RFAs aren't really a do-it-now thing because, well, December 2nd's right around the corner, right, Alex? Correct. Uh, that being said, let's go a little bit south of Colorado. Going actually to Arizona. The Yotes. Glendale. The Yotes of Arizona. The Car- that almost said Carolina Hurricanes. The Arizona they, Coyotes. They're kind of reddish. Yeah, they're more of a maroon. Not when they bring back the cool sweaters, though. The... the the Cachone something, whatever? Yes. Yeah. Right. Those ones. Uh, they receive none other than Big Fish Phil Castle, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and now... Black Kachina. For- Kachina sweater. Kachina, keep, that's I, what it is. I forgot. I keep, like, how do you say it again? I always forget. Yeah, Sorry. former Maple Leaf and now former Bar Pittsburgh Penguin. 
former Stanley Cup champion, Phil Kessel. Two-time Stanley Cup champ, Phil Kessel. Remember, Obama made sure he made that pretty clear. We have yes. a we have a big we have a big moment here today. Phil Kessel's a Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> I still love that. I'm just saying. That Man, being cool. said, uh, Arizona also received Dane Burks and a 2021 fourth round pick in return. The Penguins of Pittsburgh received uh, Alex Galchenyuk, so he's going back there, and then Pierre Oliver Joseph. That's gonna be. That's a great deal. Because you're losing Phil Kessel's cap hit, which means the Leafs are paying for a Yotes player now. Yes. Yee. I Listen, it's a good deal for Pittsburgh because, well, I'm, I'm not saying that Kessel was an overly expensive player or Pittsburgh was in total trouble, but 6.8 mil for three more years is a little bit. It is a little bit, and then also with the uh, by the way, reported by the, anim- way. the reported animosity between Kessel and members of the Penguins coaching staff. No, no, there's Jim Rutherford and Rick Tockett, which is interesting because Rick Tockett is the head coach for Arizona. Somebody, I think it's the late Jim Rutherford saying, "Hey, Rick, remember this guy? Yeah, go have it." Because because coaches really don't have much of a say. Alex Galchenyuk, one more year at four point nine. So literally, folks, I'm saying this. The nicest way I can. Pittsburgh's window is that much room. A crick of air coming through that window to have a chance to win. It's over. They had two cups and two cups. That's it. Well, okay, two cups on top of the 09 cup, but that was a different team back then. Right. Because look uh, at the contracts they have now. Malkin's got two more. I'm just saying right now, if Pittsburgh is not top of the Metro Division. Trade Center 2020 will be pretty interesting. Right, because you'll be seeing... My Dan- wedding will be me more spending time on my computer than the wedding, which means the wedding will end very quickly. Which means I'm going to have to make sure that you stay away from all technology. Literally, well, you're not allowed to have your phone. But it's literally nope. the three days before the deadline. Nope, nope. don't care. Because Malkin, it's 9.5, but for a team on a playoff push, they'll make room. As your future best man, I say no. Jake Gensel's got six for another till 2024. Patrick Hornquist signed for three more years. Alex Galchenyuk said one more year. Now and now, oh, we'll get to Brandon Tennant later. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that later. Let's go over to Chicago, our Lake Michigan Chicago. friends. Chicago, home of the Black Hacks and the stupid national anthem tradition. It's that they have not. There. St- Stupid! It's patriotic, and of all people, for me to say that it's cool, it means something. Andrew Shaw heads back to the Blackhawks. He will be wearing... They're getting the band back together again, guys! We all work for Brandon Side. remember that? <laughs> He'll be wearing the red, white, and black once more, along with a 2021 seventh-round pick. In return, the Montreal Canadiens are receiving a 2022nd and 7th round pick and a 2021 third rounder. Obviously, this is an effort by Mark Bergevin to clear up some cap space to get a big fish. A good deal, I believe. And then, obviously, that story of Andrew Shaw going back to Chicago still has a couple years left of productivity under his belt. Well, maybe. I, I just... And this was a move because Andrew Shaw was not doing a whole lot in Montreal. And that's that could have related to injuries, 
or no role older. placement. That too. It's just I was not worried about when I saw this deal. I wasn't freaking out about it because it's a small deal to give up cap space. Montreal looking to become better. Moving Andrew Shaw at the time when Andrew Shaw came in, he had a purpose. He had a role. But then the team got bad, so it's really kind of not worth it, you know? So, good move by Bergevin, Stan Bowman, bringing back a player to the fold. Didn't work last time. Will it work this time? Not quite sure. Chicago's interesting because they they have a decent team. But we'll talk, actually, we'll get into Chicago later when we talk about UFAs because there's a deal that they made that kind of was a big move. Right, and break, breaking, well, it's not necessarily like breaking news, but... Uh, what? What? No, it, don't don't get your panties in a wad here. I've not refreshed Twitter in a minute. No, it's it's nothing nothing huge here. It's just uh, with today being your the pick your seats day for the uh, Florida Panthers at BBNT Center. They are also um, having a press conference where they are welcoming all of the free agency uh, acquisitions, including none other than Sergey Bobrovsky. And also, big news of five minutes ago, reported by Sportsnet, Sabres first-round draft pick Dylan Cousins will undergo a procedure on his left thumb that he hurt during development camp. Guess who's not having development camp next year for first-rounders? It's just going to no, be, thir- they, they it's gonna be third through seventh-rounders and minor leaguers from now on. They still will be having their developmental camps. Things happen. Accidents are just, they, they happen. Yes. Uh, that being said, let's move over to, uh, well, obviously going over to Ontario, not necessarily Toronto quite yet. Well, yes, Toronto. Both. No. Yes. Well, not. Okay. We're talking about the, the people that are getting in the most. So, so Toronto. So Ottawa, let's talk about them first. Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Brown, and Mike, Michael Carcone. Carcone, who was in the deal for words, mouth, go. Josh Levo. Right, and those are uh, Michael Carcone. Obviously, those are just signing rights. Nothing is in stone set for him yet. Uh, But all those three players going to Ottawa in return, the Toronto Maple Leafs receive defenseman Cody Ceci, defenseman Ben Harper, and forward Aaron Luchuk. Luchuk? Luchuk. 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 Oh, that's a weird one. And a 2020 third-round pick. This is a great deal by Kyle cap Dubis. Dump. Because cap it's, dump. it's a cap dump. And then also they're getting... Back up that garbage truck for the dump. They are the getting cap. a defenseman that is solid in Cody Ceci. And you that's mean, definitely mean, what they By solid, need. you mean has experience. Yes, he has experience, and he's better than Ron Hainsey. Well, my... By the way, Ron Hainsey is in Ottawa, too. That's fine. We'll get to, like I said, we'll get to that in a second. But I'm just going to quick look at the cap. I'm curious what Cody Cece was exactly paid. I remember they had arbitration because Cody Cece really did not really care about being in Toronto. He's a right-handed shot defenseman. Leafs are getting a couple of those. We'll get to that in a minute. He made 4.3 last year. And given with his production, can Dubas talk him down a little bit? You really need to, more or less, to be honest. You really need to move now because four point three. Listen, Gardner was Gardner's not even going to get four million dollars. Okay, that's a contract that you're going to have to really work down to about two and a half to three max. No mas, no what's what's less in Spanish? Lese, yeah, no mas, no lese. That, that's not it, but sure. no nas, no. Okay, but anyways, the point is, 
is that you're getting your the Leafs. Leafs are moving on Zaitsev, and they're moving Connor Brown. Losing Connor Brown stinks because listen, he's one of your top penalty killers, one of the hardest working players on the team. Yes, you're right, but 20 goals up in his rookie year has not done much in the last two. But then look at who he's had to play with. He put 20 goals up because don't forget, for a good stretch of his rookie year, he was playing with Matthews and Elander. And then the Hungry Hippos line with him and Hyman and Matthews. I mean, you're going to put up points if you play with those guys, okay? You put them on the fourth line and you play them five minutes a night. You're right, that $2.1 million contract does look a little shoddy, but then again, he made the $2.1 million putting up numbers and playing with good players. Well, Now, that- yes, when you bring in better players on top of that, when they brought in Marlow, who, who Brown had to give up his number for, and then, of course, they brought in Tavares. So it just moves you further and further down the lineup. Just think of it this way. I think this is a great thing for Connor Brown because he has expressed a lot of, you know, excitement going to Ottawa. Yes, and Alex, then, like a hockey player does. I'm excited to join this new team that I was traded for unwillingly. Yeah. Exactly. No, not just that because it gives him more opportunity to, to play better minutes, and also he's an RFA next year. Nikita Zaitsev is the highest-paid defenseman for the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Well, he's an RFA next year. Right now, they have $22.8 million in cap space. Milan so, Lucic going to Ottawa. I'm just saying, no. if you're Pierre Dorian, no. why not? Why not? You need because to, you're you going to look hit, like a dummy. You need to hit the floor. Yeah, hit the floor. Do something. I don't know. Can't you renegotiate deals? I mean, they got Colin White. You can give him $6 million for one year for no reason. Listen, the idea is that when you're, a, when you're a team like the Senators, you're trying to develop, you need to hit the floor, well, you're going to have to take on some bad contracts. You know, Lucic would be a big one. Anyone from the LA Kings roster would be great. But I, it's just it's good. For, like I said, Dubas made a good move. You're losing $4.6 million in two players, and you give up a minor leaguer, and you get a... Minor get, leaguers signing rights. You get three defensemen. One will probably be in the NHL. One will probably go down in the Marley League. Two of them will go down in the Marley League, excuse me. And a third round pick on top of it. Leafs win two this defensemen, deal. one forward. Oh, right. But that Khachak guy. The, ma- the point of the matter is three players and a draft pick for a very bad defenseman on a dumb deal and a good hardworking forward. Leafs win this trade. You I can't. think Ottawa still wins this trade, too. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Who who are they getting? Connor Brown. That's it. Connor Brown's a good player, and Nikita Zaitsev is also a decent player. Decent player when? When was he ever a decent player? His rookie year when he played third When pair. you weren't mad at him because he was scoring goals and making plays? All right. Let's look at Nikita Zaitsev's point. We're not goal. getting into this. Oh, no. I, I'm proving you wrong right no, now. No, we're not getting into this because we've already talked about You're it. Right, you have Alex. a bias against Zaitsev. 14 points, Alex. Yes. Eight points the year before. Okay, but who is he playing with? You make this conversation of Connor. He's playing top four minutes. Yeah. Who with who? With Hainsey, with Hainsey, with Hainsey, and Gardner. Yeah, it's hard to score goals when you're picking up the slack of a 40 year old man. But it's hard to pick up the slack when you you can't get when you can't get the puck out of your own zone. Yeah, you cannot make a legitimate because he's playing with a crap defenseman in Ron Hainsey, a slow boy who sucks at getting the puck out. You want to make Zaitsev? You want to make the argument of watch Zaitsev? Tell me, watch Zaitsev that he's a good. If Connor Brown, if you're going to make the damn argument that he. Was you know he was not looking so good when he was playing on the fourth line. Yeah, well because he wasn't playing with the best of the best. 
if you tell but me Nikita that Nikita Zaitsev, Zaitsev playing with Morgan Riley was better than Nikita Zaitsev playing with freaking Ron Hainsey, oh, you're what? a dumbass. They put him you in, don't no. know what you're talking about. Are you you have a me? bias. Have you watched Gardner? Have you Gardner is a good puck moving defenseman. Zaitsev yes. doesn't know what he's doing. Of course he does. If he was, if he did, how know, come every time he gets the puck, he just shoots it up the wall and hope for the best? He cannot move the puck out because of his own that's zone. their system. That's the Toronto Maple Leaf system. That dump and just go for it. The stretch pass, yes, I get it, but here's the thing: he not, does what's asked of him. So you know what? Maybe he goes to Ottawa. He's under DJ Smith. It's a different you're kind right. of system. The def- yes, the defense coach for the Leafs goes to Ottawa, brings over the. Oh my! Yes, he will play top pairing minutes a lot of because who else is he gonna play? I'm sorry. I think it's a good deal, both ways. No, it's a great move by the Leafs. Enough said. Talking and continuing about the Leafs, Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot are going to Toronto with a 2026th round pick in return. The Colorado Avalanche. Receive a 2023rd round pick, Callie Rosen and Nazem Kadri. The uh, Colorado Avalanche also retaining 50% of Tyson Berry's contract. Great deal for the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously making sure that the Avs are retaining 50% of that contract. So you're getting a, a decent player in Tyson Berry who's going to be playing some solid third line minutes and also getting that discount. Also, you're kind of getting rid of a solid prospect in Callie Rosen and then getting rid of the, um, some would say, poison that is Nazem Kadri. Great move by the Leafs. Great deal. I you got a good right-handed shot defenseman to replace, apparently, according to you, the great Nikita Zaitsev that never was. I didn't was. say he was great. I said he was okay. It's He's a, a decent player. Anyways, but yes, you get Tyson Berry, and he is only got one more year one more year left on his contract is the ufa after next season leaves only have to pay 2.75 big move there alex kerfoot who is an rfa you have to resign him but he shouldn't be a humongous well, i guess a humongous bothersome to say the least given the fact that he only he's only hasn't he hasn't put up crazy numbers with colorado he's been effective but hasn't been a top end player i'm just gonna make sure i look at his numbers here he was making Last couple of years, part of his entry level, he was getting paid nine hundred twenty-five grand, and has put up a grand total of eighty-five points in the National Hockey League in the first two years. From a Harvard grad, home of the Crimson, and and getting a pick out of that as well is big. Leafs lose Callie Rosen. He never really got a good opportunity to play with the Leafs. No, that's and that's fair. Then again, you're just trying to develop and down the rise, which is what you're supposed to do, and with. I think this would have been a good year for him to get an opportunity. There's a lot of talk of that, but now you're going to have to look somewhere else, given the fact that, you know what, the Leafs need, they knew they were going to have to give up a defenseman. And there was no way, no how, that Timothy Lilligren was going to be on the move because, well, he hasn't really shown his potential yet. And, of course, Nazem Kadri. Tyler, your soapbox, please. Mm. It's okay. All right, the good or the bad for the good. Listen, Nazem Kadri has had suspensions. He has suspensions in the playoffs. He has played in three of the Leafs' past 14 games in the playoffs. 
Yes, it is bad to see that his final moments is the least from him getting kicked out of game two. So maybe this will help. Maybe a change of scenery will get him to wake up and say, I better figure it out. Because listen, he was on a good deal with the Leafs on a good hockey club. And is he taking a step back with Colorado? Like I said, hindsight's 2020. We don't know yet. But this could be good for him. That said, this sucks. Personally. Professionally, like I said, great move by the Leafs. Losing a little bit of cap space with Kadri, getting a good right-handed defenseman, and a guy that can play center in Kerfoot. Played a little bit more wing at times, but getting a pick for a pick, even though, yes, third for sixth round, a little different. But it's Kadri was, other than Reimer, he was my favorite player. He just felt like he was one of one of our guys. He was our Dougie Gilmore, just wasn't the, quite the point production guy, as Gilmore was. Then again, when you're playing with Borshevsky and Dave Vanderchuk, you're going to put up a lot of points that Gilmore did. I just, it sucks because you wanted him to do well when he was getting ridiculed by Brian Burke and Ron Wilson for not being good enough, when he was butting heads with Dallas Aikens down in the AHL. Even when he was with the Knights, I you knew he was going to be a good player, but it's like, just give him an honest chance. Why was he butting heads with everyone? Because he wasn't being given a chance. Randy Carlisle comes in, he gets an honest chance, plays minutes with Joffrey Leupold, lights up that half season. He would have put up well over 30 goals. Could have been a 40-goal scorer that year. Yeah, the team started to suck after that, but he was still a second-line second center behind Tyler Bozak. But the point was he was still producing. He was still stepping up. Then the team gets good. Austin Matthews comes in. All right, you have to take a step back. All right, and then you got Patrick Marleau coming. Okay, you have to take a step back. Kadri have to play limited role, more defensive. Like, one of my favorite moments ever was the game against Edmonton where he just locked on to Connor McDavid and made his life a living hell. Yeah, he's a great defensive that player. There's no my, doubt about that it. Was my, that was one of my favorite. And, of course, the big hits against Washington in the playoffs. And, like, whenever he scored, it was like, yeah, Matt scored! Because it was like watching someone you know, like, that guy, he's our guy. Yeah, you you definitely did follow him a lot, especially with like, I mean, let's be honest. At one uh, point, I was gonna, he was gonna be the when, name of my firstborn. What? That's true. <laughs> you were like, my firstborn's gonna be named. every time he scored. That's the name. Even when the Leafs were in dead last, that's gonna be my firstborn. We're down six to one. I don't care. Still name my firstborn, Nazem. Nazem. But it, also the fact that you you like you've definitely followed him when he was in London. There there's like that that good him portion when John Tavares together. Yeah, and then then and then uh, Domi, mini Domi. No, Domi wasn't there yet. No, but I'm saying that you, you like you kind of followed them during that time. Though. Oh, I followed the Knights. Well, I still, I've always followed the Knights. Ever yeah, I, but it was like I, it was huge though. Like you were you used to be more of a, like a you were a huge London Knights fan. I still am. They just have really. Falling out of favor the last couple of years. They, yeah. they bring in players that just... They could be better. But, yes, but, those years were really good for the Knights, and Kadri was one of them. When I heard that Kadri was drafted to the Leafs, I'm like, okay, that, that's a good deal. He's a, he's a good player. He's got hands. Don't forget, he was a much more skilled player in junior hockey. I remember the, there was a shootout goal in the 2010 World Juniors. There was the game against the U.S. It was the nasty one. Oh my goodness! Just left. I think it was was it. Yeah, it was Jack Campbell. Left him out to dry. Campbell was swimming. They were in Regina, but he was on his way to Saskatoon. How far he was off to the side of the net. Kadri buried. I'm like, yeah, 
My guy. Name him a firstborn. And Canada up losing the gold medal game later on, but that's Jack Carlson. Anyways, good deal. Good deal for for both teams. Like you know, Colorado, they get a young defenseman that yes is has he has he shown that he can be an angel yet? No, but give him time, he'll be able to prove it. And they also get a good, hardworking center who's going to have to really pick up his game if he wants to stay in the league for long, and he's going to. He has the ability to be a top guy, not a high-scoring guy by any stretch, but a guy that can put up 25 to 30 goals a year and play good in his defensive zone. This is kind of like the situation we had last year with Tyler Bozak. Tyler Bozak, I was going to let him walk. Like You liked play. him, though. I liked him because you're he was, like, a, he was with, an effective guy on the power play and he could win face-offs. Defensively, and you liked him because of the, the, the leaf spec aspect. A hundred feet of hockey he was good at. The other hundred feet, Bozak is a troll. Yet, then I see him in the finals on the penalty kill. Barume, do you want to get signed again? Okay, never mind, it worked. Then again, he probably had to change his game, but let's be honest. When James Van Riemsdyk and Tyler Bozak were on the same land together, defense was not an option. No, it was Defense not. was not a thing. So, um, but so so hopefully Nazem does kind of end up like Tyler Bozak goes on I'm to a different team. I'm glad we only play him twice a year. That's all I'm happy for. I'm glad we only play them twice. So that means both teams cannot make the finals because I cannot do that. Well, be now that you mention it, why don't we go look at the schedule? When do they play Colorado? I think it's later in the year. Cause remember, I was looking up for the bachelor party. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, question. what are your classes, by the way? Uh, fall, winter, and spring. Okay, thank you, turd. <laughs> what is your schedule so we can figure out when we're going to Toronto? Because I'm not going on a weekend because that's when I work. Yeah, well, I have classes during the week. You know what? So we're going to figure out which would... class is least apart. You're going to miss one. Okay. Or two, whatever, how many are in that day. But So that all being said with the trades, no. let's, lettuce, salad, talk about the oofas. That have signed. All the signings from yesterday. So here's what we're going to do. There were quite a bit. We're going to mention each team. We're gonna, everyone gets one signing at least. And then we'll talk about, obviously, the bigger ones as well. And we're going to go in chronological order from Big Fish all the way down to Anaheim. Who That's do, not chronological order, bud. What did I say? You said chronological order. We're going to go in order from the teams that made the biggest splashes all the way down to Anaheim, despite them being ducks, didn't even make a ripple. Attaboy. Is that better? Your so hair, your hair is ugly. Get a haircut. I know. I need boy. If you don't get show seven forty seven wings on the side of my head, looking ass out of here. I didn't blow dry my hair after I showered. Okay, of course that's how it's gonna look. At least I didn't go outside, or else this thing would be a frizz fest. Bro, your head looks like the Anaheim Ducks. Not so mighty, but a whole lot of wings. Hey, a wild wing. <laughs> and that's how you say it in the, yeah. in the cartoon. Ending goal. Wild. I'm just saying. That was great. Now. The great cartoon. The biggest splash, obviously, we mentioned it earlier in the show. Winger, Artemi Panarin, signed seven years. $11.642 million with the New York Rangers. Now, it has been reported that he was offered a little bit more money to go in different places. The How- Islanders. However, he decided that it was best for him and greater in his own interest to go to the New York Rangers and play in the very historical Madison Square Garden. 
And to think I thought he was only going to get paid like nine or nine and a half. Boy, was I wrong. But the Rangers, remember that rebuild? They said, oh, guys, we're going to rebuild. Now we're going to get a lot of bad contracts. We still have Mark Stahl in the books, but it's not here or there. I mean, they're rebuilding as quick as they do skyscrapers. Just taking just New right, York just, time. Just spend money and away you go. Here, here's some money and uh, take care of the business. Oh, listen, it's a huge deal because now I remember when we talked about about Truba got traded. Big move. And, they, of course, they signed Adam Fox. The defense is looking good. Up front, they have talent. Yes, you lose Jimmy VC, but you still have very capable forwards up front. Right. But now you bring in Artemi Panarin. Yes, that is a lot of money, to say the least. It's a lot of cash. But and that's a lot of player. That's a lot of a player. And, of course, that's what this is where free agency is a big thing. You, you go for the big deals, and you sign a lot of money. Whether or not it's you know a good deal is to maybe foreseen. Yeah, we'll see if, if these seven years are worth 11.642. I mean, the, probably the first couple will be, but later on we'll have to see. They are right now at $8 million in cap space left. Really, no one to really sign, like I said, of the exception of Jacob Truba. They got a couple more players, but no, no one of real noteworthiness. And I don't know if this means Chris Kreider getting traded is putting that slammed on the brakes or what, because there's a lot of talk about that. Nemestikov, who was in the JT Brown trade from last year, they got $4 million for one more year. Yeah, Kreider's on one more year, Nemestikov one more year, Ryan Strom's an RFA after this year, and that's pretty much, I guess you can say Matt Molesky, but really that's about it. They just signed Elias Anderson. To his or no, he's got one, more, two more years. Elias Anderson. I'm thinking of Ottawa's draft pick, Anderson. Sorry, getting names mixed up. They got good Greg McKeg, Greg McKeg, the keg, steakhouse and bar. Jesus. See Christ. you tonight. I want, I want money for that. No, you don't. Now I'll admit their defense card is a little expensive. That's why Truba getting thrown in there may make things a little hairy. Right. That's and why. I mean- Cry, that's why Kreider may get moved is to make room for the Jacob Truba contract, which is going to be seven, eight ish, six. Yeah, yeah, 6.5. Yeah, Alex and Panero's going to get nine. Kick rocks, buddy. He's getting eight. Uh, He's going to be asking for money, man. He is, but you say, hey, you want to play in America? You want to play for the Rangers? Take no, a he, he didn't care where he got traded from. I think he, just, the only t- I he wanted to play in America. That was the thing. The only team I think Trubo would take a legit pay cut. No, I don't know if, I don't know if anyone would take a pay cut play for Detroit because he's from Rochester Hills. So. Right. You're right. The Rangers are going to flip him to Detroit. Heck Steve yeah, Steve Eiserman's a wizard. He is. And he likes working with the Rangers, because that's how he got Marty. That's why he got rid of Marty St. Louis. And the so. captain's tripping, turning the ship around. We're going for it. They're going They're going to be... Yeah, the Stanley Cup's going to be inside Little Caesars Arena, and not on display either. Yeah. Yeah, because they're going to get Jacob Truba. He's going to turn the franchise around. He's the new Nicholas Lidstrom, boys. Okay, let's not go that far. Lidstrom is a capable defenseman. Truba is in the defensive zone. Scares the heck out of me. Uh, moving on, let's go to another team that made a big splash. Actually getting quite a few players in this uh, free agency period. Uh, Noel Akiari. Achari. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Fine. I watch more hockey than you. Noel, Noel Achari, uh, $3 million, 1.66 repeating million dollars coming from Boston. Yep, that's that's just a you know a depth forward and on a forward unit that has a lot of offensive talent. Trocheck, Barkov, Huberdo, Huby Dooby Doo, as they like to say. 
Um, so adding a third liner depth guy usually will help. Yeah, and they also got Brett Connolly as well. Four years, three point two five million. Brett Connolly, letting him go did Washington do, and then get Richard Panic. Yee. I think Washington really screwed the pooch there. Um, staying with Florida though, Anton Strawman, five point five million dollars for three years. It's Yee. something. It's something that they need though. It's I know they need defense, and especially I think Bar- Barkov wants more toys to play with. I think for him, this gives him another player that he can um, play with. Strawman's a good defenseman. I'm not going to knock it there. And there was whispers at the Leafs around him, like, oh, good, right-handed defenseman. But seeing that contract makes me gladly say that Dubas did not pursue that because maybe thankfully it's only a three-year deal. If it was a longer term, obviously that'd be a disaster because Strawman's getting older quicker. Older than the rest of them. I'm not saying I don't think he's the oldest one. I think Keith Yandel is still going to hold that um, stature as the yeah. oldest guy in the room. Let me now. The last player that we have on this list and Keith Yandel. No, Keith Yandel and Anton Strowman are both 32. Sorry. Okay. The big splash Florida made, which is putting him at the towards the top of our list, Sergey. Mamrovsky. Mamrovsky. Zolinski? Mamrovsky. Seven years. Ten million dollars. Hey. Homeboy. Hey. I mean, I guess make your money, but at the same time, holy guacamole. He's 30 now. He's 30 years old now. He's second in goaltending salary behind Carey Price, and that Carey Price deal is still looking a little iffy. Even if Bobrovsky has to be, like, this is the kind of deal that is going to show that Bobrovsky needs to be at the top of his game. And here, and the thing is about the kicker, about the Blue Jackets, is, yeah, you had Rowenski, you had Seth Jones, you had decent pieces on defense. All they need Florida is a save, and with maybe adding Strawman and maybe Aaron Eckblad, maybe getting better. It's, I don't know about that, but Bobrovsky is going to learn what Luongo and Ryan have been going through for the last few years. So getting Bob is big. Question is who their backup is going to be, because right now all they have is Samuel Montembeau. 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 Montenegro. Uh, no. Monten- Monte Carlo? No, that'd be better, too. He's an RFA. So right now, there's only one goaltender signed to an NHL deal for the Florida Panthers. Cool. Sergey Bobrovsky. 82 games. Glenn Hall numbers. That's what he's going to do. He's going to play every game for five, for all seven years. He's going to break the record for longest goaltending active streak or playing streak, and he's going to do it. Sure. Because clearly they're not going to sign anyone else. They're just going to have an emergency backup every night. They're not even going to have to sign a goaltender. Do you need uh, to sign two goaltenders? What if you sign one every day? Just you, sign. Just, you need to have two goalies on your roster. Just sign one goaltender every game and release him or something like that or put him on waivers. I don't know. Do what you got to do. Um, moving that's, on. That's a yeah. big move. Though. Florida needed a goaltender. They did. Listen, after they got rid of Reimer and after Lou retired, we'll get to that later, They it was Bobrovsky or bust. 
because they they need a goaltender. I don't even know how many are really left. I mean, we'll talk about that too later. Right, and like, I mean, after after Panarin was taken by the Rangers, obviously we knew it wasn't going to be a package deal. So, like, it, um, Bobrovsky was a huge thing. It it was a huge move because they, like I said, they needed the goaltending and they got it. An invested candidate. Will it work? I don't know. And I just kind of took a quick look at the UFA goaltenders to make sure that Florida needed to get them. The top of the list in terms of goals against the average is Peter Budai. Michael Neuvert, second. Mike McKenna, third. Yeah, good thing they got him. Because <laughs> Cam Ward's not going to save the day. Yeah. Um, hey. let's, let's move on to the person, or the, excuse me, the team that we have third on our list. That's going to be the New York Islanders. They also got a goaltender in Simeon Varlamov. Four years, $5 million per year. Obviously making that money, good on him. And then also the re-signing of one Anders Lee. Seven years, $7 million per. Clearly they were waiting to see if they can get Panarin before they move towards Anders Lee. And, you know, everyone's thinking, oh, Leonard's going to come back. Leonard's going to come back. Leonard's going to come back. Well, oh, uh, should I tell the story now or should I get to when we talk about Chicago? What story? Robin Leonard. Uh, let's wait till we get to Chicago. Okay, we'll get to Leonard's second. But Barlamov lost his job to Phil Grubauer. And yes, if you're not Leonard's need a starting goaltender, maybe him with Grice will work. Maybe a change scenery for Varlamov will help. But, ugh. and I'm not saying the term is bad. I mean, you needed a goaltender. You, you needed to sign somebody in net. Because Thomas Grice can't do it by himself. That's why Leonard was a Vesna candidate. They both won the Jennings last year. Getting Anders Lee is a big deal as well. That means the Islanders don't lose a captain for the second year in a row, so fans won't have to make another video of thank you, Anders Lee, or whatever the video they did last year, remember? I mean, they, they made a, they did what they needed to do. They probably weren't the third best team, but I thought they, they did what they efficiently needed to do to become not better, but to stay intact. And... Of course, you're, they're losing. I mean, like I said, you lose Leonard. You lost out on Panarin, who, like I said, they offered Panarin a lot more. Islanders, I'm not saying are a bad organization. They're not. But they need a rink. They need to have more stability. If well, J- they're working if, on that. If JT saw that the Islanders had a home rink. No, that wasn't going to be yes, in it. There's a reason why they talked. Because he wanted one more chance to swing his way. The reason why he, if if the Islanders were more stable, had a better rink, had maybe a better team, possibly. We learned that they have a very good team right now. They had a very good team last year, made it to the second round. JT would have stayed. And there things been better for Robin Leonard. We'll get to that in a second. He may have been able to sign faster. We'll get to that, though. Islanders are in a little bit of trouble, organization-wise. They have a bad look right now. I don't think so. Well, I'll tell you the story then, you'll see why. Well, we'll get to we'll, it. we'll get to that. Um, Nashville picks up country singing Matt Duchesne, seven years, eight million dollars. He's making that money from his playoff experience last year. How uh, long until Matt Duchesne and Carrie Underwood make a duet track together? No. Yes. I'm just saying this right now. I didn't like that stupid Lady Gaga song with what's his name? What? 
the, that one from when a star is born or whatever. The, oh, Bradley Cooper. The yeah. One, the one that everyone showed that Bradley Cooper's girlfriend was out the door. Yes, that one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah screw it. I don't, I'm freaking it's it. No. That is this generation's Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Whoever Bradley Cooper's girlfriend is, we're sorry. Not a non nae goodbye. It's Ah, uh, yes. It's Brady Gaga. Bradley Gaga. Or Lady Cooper. How, how would it work? Because it's like Brangelina, so it'd be Brett. Brad, Brad Gaga, Brad, Brady Gaga. A relationship started with cheating on a girl. Yes. Hey, that's how it started. That's how Jennifer Anderson got away from Brad Pitt, and that's what makes that Friends episode so damn awkward to watch every time now. Anyway, you can thank my fiance for that. Apparently, it's her sixth time going through the series because apparently, there's nothing else good on Netflix. The Dallas Stars had some great well, we stuff. We never dissected Matt Duchesne's deal. Hold on a second. It's a bad deal. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's better than what he was going to get offered in Montreal. He should have got 7x7. Seven seven. You're right, 7x7 seven would seven be great. And yes, you just trade P.K. Subban for 9, but then you get Duchesne for 8. Well, listen, they need more depth down the middle, okay? They need somebody to be a decent center. Duchesne's proven that he can be a capable center. He put up good, num- good points with the Senators last year in order to actually get a good value when he was traded to Columbus. Started off a little slow when he moved over to the Jackets, but he picked it up in the playoffs. Is it could have been a better contract? Yes, but it's what was needed to be done. I'll say it probably three more times on this episode. July 1st and Trade Center are the two dumbest days of the year for general managers because they overpay and overvalue. That's what happens. Like I said, players are not based on their performance anymore. They are based on their contract. We'll do shame you also have to remember we'll these sh- people have agents too. That's that's another key factor because well, I mean then the, then the general, general managers ma- can say no. Well, yes, but then they also have to answer to all the stakeholders and their bosses. Well, don't forget, not every NHL team is MLSE, Alex. That's the thing. So nobody. No, but all teams have owners and presidents. But some and, have individual owners, and some understand. And, and a bunch of stakeholders, a.k.a. That's investors. Why, that's why they hire general managers to do that job. They don't just hire people just because. If Listen, I understand Pierre Dorian and Eugene Mellick are the two dumbest people in the hockey front office in the entire league. I no, get it, okay? You're, you're thinking about it completely differently. No. No, I, I'm thinking it as, you have to think it from, from a business standpoint, and I know you don't like that. No, because it's dumb. Because... General managers sometimes okay. For example, get to the Ky- Kyle Dubas had a lot of pressure to get William Nylander. Right there, there were probably days where he was like, "I don't want to even sign this guy. I don't want to go through the, all that trouble." But you know what? If he didn't re-sign William Nylander, he would have prob- his job would have been in question. There's no doubt about no. it. No, one player is asking for too much money. He was doing everything right. He was trying to get it down as far as he could. It came down to it. I would have let him sat, but that's just me. There's there's a bunch there's, of other I, stuff. I understand there's pressure from all around, but the point of the matter is, is that you are the general manager. David Poyle had the opportunity to try to knock down a 7 by 8 and he thought, listen, this is a good deal. It fits for us. It works for Duchesne. Let's do it. If he, if he Listen, if Duchesne, if it didn't work for Nashville, Duchesne may not have been signed until today. He still may be on the board for an opportunity to be signed by someone else. The fact of the matter is that it worked for general manager Doyle Poyle and the Predators, and it worked for Duchesne. There you go. Had it not, Duchesne would have gone elsewhere. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that it doesn't matter. It, it, about, it, it, it doesn't, it's your point about how you talk about people getting overvalued and over overpaid. Right. 
a lot of that doesn't just come down to general managers. It comes down to a whole bunch of other stuff. It does There's not- a lot of outside factors. Because, especially with UFAs, not only are you, quote-unquote, trying to over... You're not trying to overpay people, okay? You end you, up doing you, that, yes. you, you end up doing that because you're. Tr- it's a bid. Even if you have to spend more than you would like, you're trying to bid for a player. Because if Nashville didn't get Matt Duchesne, what team are they going to play, whether it be in their division or in their conference or elsewhere, that's going to be picking up Matt Duchesne. So th- do they have to pay a little bit more to get him? Yes. But that's why that if David Paul didn't think it was going to work, if he really didn't think of that highly of Duchesne, he wouldn't have done that. Trust me, like I said, Duchesne, there were whispers of $9 million. And David Paul said, listen, we can come onto a team that's competitive and a playoff team, maybe a chance to win the division, come for $8 million. Perfect. Duchesne wants that. Duchesne, oh, I just whacked my dang mic there. Duchesne with nine mil with Montreal, you're right. That may have been a lot. Why? Because Duchesne didn't want to go to a team that was an iffy contender. He was just, well, I wasn't say he was just there in Ottawa. He was on a garbage shoot in there in Ottawa. But Nashville's a better team. Took a pay cut to do it. I'm just saying that if Duchesne is, I don't say, we don't know if he's worth $8 million, but he's a capable center that they needed. Correct. But we'll see if it's overvalued or not. We'll see if he's overpaid or not. Moving on to Dallas, uh, Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, and Andre Sakara are signed there. Joe Pavelski getting a three-year, $7 million deal. Corey Perry won by 1.5. Obviously, he wasn't going to be making too much money. And then Andre Sakara also taking that one by 1.5 deal. Obviously, Joe Pavelski being the big fish for Dallas so far in the free agency period, but some pretty nice talent in Corey Perry and Andre Sequeira. Yeah, Corey Perry, like, he wasn't going to get a whole lot, and his health will be in question for the rest of his career with all the knee problems he's had and shoulder issues. Andre Sequeira was the same way. That's why he was bought out as well in Edmonton. Guy that had knee issues. I think he had an ACL and LCL injury that kept him out for an extended period of time. So maybe Perry will be able to get some renovation or rejuvenation, excuse me. Well, personal renovations, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But Sakara was such a, it was a, he was a really good defenseman. He was playing top four minutes with the Oilers that one year they made the playoffs and then he got hurt and it just seemed to have really fell south really quickly from there. And unfortunately, he was never able to really recover. So like I said, maybe a different location may help him. Pavelski is a big deal, and you wonder why. How come Doug Wilson doesn't want to pay this guy stupid amounts of money for no reason? I don't know. Dallas is willing to because they have the cap space to do so. And Pavelski still has a lot of good hockey left in him. He does. Despite himself being 34 years old? Question mark? I think he's 34. He's not a gray beard, that's for certain. Well... I don't know how... He's getting to the edge, though. I don't know how in the world Thornton's able to get a gray, any gray in his beard. He is 34, yes. Pavelski's 34 years old. Still very capable. Still putting up good numbers. Obviously, he'll have to take a backseat to the Ben Sagan and Radulov line. But at least now, finally, Dallas will have a capable second line. Right. That's the thing they didn't have at all last year. And somehow, they beat the Predators. So, and where Corey Perry will fit in their lineup, who knows? I'm sure he'll... He'll possibly be a third liner. He's a third. Um, probably well, a third line wing. Well, look who they have at center right now. They have Sagan. They have Pavelski. Martin Hansel is a center. But they also have listed Andrew Cogliano, Radic Faxka, who will probably have to take a back seat, and Corey Perry. 
Corey Perry's a winger, though. That's right. Yeah. Like, Corey, a, Corey Perry is a winger. He, so, he, he's going to be playing probably third third line wing. I'm looking at the... Third line, second line wing. Pavelski will probably be a center, so Cogliano will join the wing on the third line. Blake Como is, will be well, on the actually, second line. Cogliano may be a good fit with Corey Perry because they both... Two old guys, yeah. Well, they both also played for Anaheim. That, oh, yeah. So they have that kind of connection already. They've played together. Um, Their forward unit's average age is 29 and a half years old. Their team, along with Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin and their defensemen, I'm trying to do quick math here. That's 56, 57.2. 89.7 divided. What's 89.7 divided by 3? I don't know. Math, 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 math. Come on, calculator. 7 divided by 3 equals their oh, average 30 years old. 29.9 years old. That's how the average. Because they are a little bit older. Defense is probably the younger part. But then again, you put Miro Heiskin in there. There's your outlier for all you statistician, class takers, majors, whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, you take a survey. There's an outlier. Miro Heiskin's the outlier. Why? He's the only player under the age of 20. And he's, in fact, the only player under the age of 22 as Rupe Heinz is the age of 22. He's the only one that is that young compared to one Miro Heiskanen. Heiskanen will be playing top four minutes still. I mean, still have Esselin Dell on a long term. But I like Dallas is going to be an interesting team next year. Will Ben Bishop have another caliber year where he's be able to be a Vesna candidate? I'm not sure. Will Anton Kudobin be another great backup that could almost threaten Bishop to take the job once again? I don't know. How, what is Corey Perry's game going to look like now that he's moved on from Anaheim, the only team he's ever been with? I'm not sure, but I think getting him in there, getting veteran leadership, even though there is quite a bit of that, but I think getting veteran leadership that is one. Sagan's won a cup, yes. Radulov's been on decent teams, but he's never really had playoff success. Pavelski has had playoff success, gotten to the finals. Jamie Benn's never had that before. Cogliano's won a cup. or No, Cogliano, he didn't win a cup, no. Mm. No, Cogliano did not win a cup, that's no. right. That's right. He was he, he was just after that 2008-9 cup. He was no right. He was still playing for Michigan. <laughs> I forgot how young he. I forgot how young he is compared to Corey Perry. Yeah, former Michigan boy Andrew Cogliano. I I like the Dallas lineup in the fact that it's a veteran team that knows how to win, that knows how to play, and they do have some youth to throw in there that'll help out keep the longevity of this team. Now, whether or not they had the same year they had last year, I'm not sure. They came on really strong late, and they were able to work their way into a good playoff spot and take down the Predators pretty handily, I might I might add. So I'm curious to see where they move from here. Will they get better? Will they regress? I don't know. Will they have a little bit of a playoff hangover? We'll see. But I like the way they are now. They've got more experience. I'm not picking them to be a top team in the Central, because especially with Chicago bolstering up. And you still have Nashville, and now St. Louis is still going to be a good team. I can only do a show with my shoulders right now, see where Dallas will fit in, but they'll be competitive. Right. Now, kind of going over to the other Ben, uh, Vancouver signed Jordy Ben two years by $2 million, and also another defenseman from Winnipeg, Tyler Myers. Uh, going to be $5 million, or excuse me, five years by $6 million. So it is definitely uh, bolstering on the back end for the Vancouver Canucks. They also signed Oscar Fattenberg as well. I didn't put that on the list because it wasn't a huge deal. But nonetheless, you're adding experience on the back end. Jordy Ben, who's played when Dallas was good, been with Montreal the last few years. Fair deal, only $4 million for over two-year span. 
capable in his own zone. Doesn't put up an astronomical number of points, but then again, he doesn't need to. He's a good stay-at-home defenseman, very physical, very tough to play against in front of the net. Tyler Myers is probably, if out of all the contracts we may go through, he may be the, I don't want to say the steal, but the bargain of the rest of these contracts from yes, at least that were signed yesterday. Maybe Tyler Ennis, but I'm not quite sure about that because that's we'll see if he has another good year like he did last year. But Myers, there was whispers of eight million dollars for him. That's yeah. a lot of coin for a guy that isn't young anymore. It was only pair. He was playing second pair for the Jets. So for they were, and he visited Vancouver. He was visiting Vancouver a lot. Not like he was just hanging out in Whistler Creek for a vacation. No, he was talking with Jim Benning. They were having dinners together before the free agent period. Or well, I don't know if it was with Jim Benning, but he was talking. With, he was having dinners with Vancouver people, you know, getting used to the town and stuff like that. It's a beautiful city. There's no question about it. It's a nice place to live. Very expensive. No ride sharing, though. When you're a hockey player, you can call a limousine service, and they can take care of you for the entire year for a minimal discount. Why? You play for the Canucks. And they're getting better, too. No, they just needed their back end was their biggest weak spot. Listen, Alex Adler was their top guy before yesterday. Not anymore. You got Tyler Myers there. Fair deal. Very fair deal. At $6 million for five years. Yes, he'll get a little older. The size will catch up to him. I'm not saying he's going to be like Chara slow, but we'll see. But a guy that can move the puck, he can play. He said, when he was asked in the press conference yesterday, he said, what's one of your strengths or what is your game? He mentioned how he likes to use his speed. And by that, he means he's not he's not lightning quick. But for his size, with his reach, he's able to move around. Of course, you're, if you compare him to a guy like Zdeno Chara, it's comparing a stump to a moving log down a river. So, right. So, so the, the one thing about Tyler Myers when, he, when he's referring to his speed is if you, if you watch his game very, very carefully, he's got that, that uh, twitch muscle kind of thing where he's very quick. Um, he's got a lot of agility. It's just the the long distance where he doesn't really have that much speed. So as long as he stays, you know, towards the back of the ice, you know, well, he can not, move the puck. He can is very good at moving the puck through well, the neutral yeah, zone. The, he, the, the the first pass, if you will, first pass. He can bring it up himself if he needs to. Now, don't get me wrong; he's not going to be lightning quick like Bobby Orr, but you've seen him time and time from getting zone zone and get it to at least the blue line, be able to get the puck in deep quickly enough yeah so and like i said adding the adding his experience as well is big because well you need it in vancouver you still need a goaltender because i love marks from death but thatcher demko's not coming up any, well thatcher demko maybe that next year may be his big year and mikey DiPietro, i'm still hoping for because i love the kid and there's not enough not enough goaltenders coming out of the ohl that have really done well right um, let's move on to New Jersey real quick. Uh, Wayne Simmons, one year, $5 million. This is a player that is basically living out of a suitcase because how much he has been hopping around. Not really. He just got traded in Nashville last year. Now he's going to New Jersey. It really doesn't mean a lot. Hey, Brian Boyle says it's not been signed yet. There was my big point. There's my big question. Uh, there's Patrick Maroon either. But then again, it's day two. There's still plenty of time for stuff to be moved. But it's a fair deal because let's be honest, he was on a steal of a contract under $4 million the last few years of his deal with Philadelphia, getting moved to Nashville. Didn't quite do a whole lot. Then again, didn't really have a lot of time to get much done with the first-round exit. But New Jersey is a team that you can just see just, they're doing something there. They need a goaltender. Unless Corey Schneider has a bounce back of the century, I don't know, and I don't think Mackenzie Blackwood's going to be your answer either. But 
you know, they get Subban. All right, Taylor Hall's still there. All right, he's going to be healthy. Okay, Jack Hughes coming in the fold. Okay, Wayne Simmons is going to be there down there on the power play, getting out of the way of Subban's slap shots, I hope. They're getting better, and, you know, they got, they still have guys, like I said, they got Will Butcher back there. I think we talked about this last week. New Jersey is going to be dangerous next year. They're, the Metro division is going to be dumb to watch. By dumb, I mean hilariously fun because you don't know what's going to happen any given night. We may see each team, except for Columbus, finish or at least have at one point leader in the division, at least once, except for Hopefully. Columbus. Philadelphia will be there. New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. You said it? New Jersey twice. Whatever. They're going to be, yeah, you're right. They're yeah, gonna New Jersey. Twice. The Islanders. The Devils. <laughs> Who else? Um, Pittsburgh. Washington, of course. <laughs> yeah, the Metro. Washington. The Metro. Yeah, you forget Washington's in that division because of all the moves teams have made. Right. Um, moving over a little bit to the westward quarters, Minnesota picking up Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman. Zuccarello signing for five years, six million per. Ryan Hartman, two years nine, or excuse me, two years by one point nine. The former Philadelphia Flyer, um, solid winger. He's going to be doing a bit of things on Minnesota, probably going to be playing you know, third or fourth line, fourth line minutes. He's, Matt ba- he's, he's bounced around quite a bit. If there's a suitcase guy, it's been Hartman. He got drafted by Chicago. I remember I made fun of him when he played for Rockford. I think he played for Saginac, if I'm not mistaken. But, he, you know, he still has some talent left. He hasn't quite developed into the player everyone thought he was going to be coming out of junior. No, he's definitely had a bit of trouble. I think he's one of those players that if he just had a home, that would be a little bit better. But obviously, with today's day and age, there's, there's, Plymouth, there's just... Sorry, he played for Plymouth, not okay. Saginaw. One okay. of the he, he, uh, he's, he's just... He's not the best player, and that's just to say. And that's why he's going to be playing third or fourth line minutes in Minnesota. Obviously, it's a good if, deal if for he, them if, getting a player at 1.9, just under 2. Matt Zuccarello, though. Um, that's a great, the big one. That's the big one for them. Obviously, it's a great pickup. $6 million, okay. It's not the best thing, but uh, at the same time, you're picking up a good player that obviously um, well, think about this showing, he was, showing in the playoffs, he did really well. He was getting four and a half with the Rangers. And on the team they had by the end, that was a steal. So moving him to Minnesota, he's going to be on the top line. There's no question about it. $6 million for a player that's routinely hit, you know, 40 to 50 points every year. Had a career high of 59 back in 2014. It's a good deal. You know, it's it's a fair deal in today's game, you know, and I think if maybe playing with a couple of top guys in Minnesota, you know, if he gets an opportunity to play with Zucker or Koivu, Eric Stahl had a quite a bit of a bounce back year. I mean, you have Marcus Leno still chipping away. So, and of course, they do have to re-sign Joel Erickson Eck, but then again, he's not, he's not the biggest offensive threat as Eck, but he can still put up points. But what I'm saying is, it. Adding him, you add the veteran leadership, a guy that's been around the block, and a guy that can produce. Like I said, $6 million may look like a lot, but it's July 1st for a reason. Right. Silly season. Yep. Um, Columbus getting former Detroit Red Wing Gustav Nyquist, um, former San Jose Shark Gustav Nyquist, former, you know. That, that, that's, yeah, that, it. that that's it. No, that's it. Uh, it was rumored that Detroit was trying to pick him up. Obviously, things didn't work out. 
Um, they ended up picking up a couple guys. We'll talk about them later. But Gustav Nyquist, a good pickup, four years, $5.5 million. I think that's a, a pretty okay deal. Just yeah, you have the room to do it. I mean, Right. They have the room to do it, and also you're picking up a guy that kind of can fill a bit of that space that Matt Duchesne left with living, and, leaving because just... And he, Panarin and Dzingel may... Well, Dzingel may resign because Columbus will offer him a buck and a half because they, right. like said, they have the room. That's the biggest thing with some of these teams, especially Columbus. You lose all these top players. They sell the farm to get it. They have room to sign players. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of room, and that's why Nyquist will be able to fill the void. Now, will he be able to produce the same? I don't know. He's not the same Nyquist he was back in 2014, 2015, right. well, 2016. He, he has looked good in San Jose. Obviously, he's been playing with some pretty decent players over there. Uh, Columbus, they do have some talent left over other than just Panarin and uh, Duchesne as they have left. So Gustav I mean, Nyquist they, they trying to fill. Have, they still have Cam Atkinson. They have Dubinsky. Yeah, Filano, they still they still have talent. Boone there. Jenner, Riley Nash. Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner. I mean, think of it this way: if, if you're looking at, I clicked on the wrong player. I'm trying to look at the stats for Nyquist, but I think I clicked on Dubinsky. If you look at his numbers, he put up 49 points last year in 62 games with Detroit. He put up 11 with 19 with San Jose. 60 points. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a solid player, and you're getting him for 5.5. It's, it's, it's a nice deal. third time he's done that in his career. No, excuse me, second time. He did it once in college. That's what I was looking at. But, yeah, so 5.5 for a guy that's putting up 60 points or 50 to 60 points, solid deal. He's going to play. He's gonna have the opportunity to do it again because he's probably going to be on the first, second line. Right. He's going to be a definitely a big point of the power play. He still has really good skills. Gill, like I said, he just was working with, he's working on, you know, he was handcuffed in Detroit. Now with maybe some more talent, like I said, playing with Atkinson, probably getting more minutes with Dubinsky. Columbus may be a better fit for Mr. Nyquist. Right, and we talked about um, one Andrew Shaw earlier with Chicago, the guy that will be playing right behind Mr. Shaw in between the pipes, uh, Robin Leonard. Now, you say that you have a story, but before we get that, $5 million dollars, one year we've seen this um in the past couple years with um chicago obviously last year being the huge one with them um signing cam talbot that was or no not cam talbot uh who is who is the goalie that they signed last year for just one year who oh chicago yeah oh yeah they brought me they brought cam ward on for oh cam ward that's what yeah different cam but uh, yes, so what is the word on the street tie about one Robin Leonard? So this was tweeted out by Ben Pope. I'm trying to make sure I get his credentials right. Ben Pope, Hawks beat reporter for the Chicago Sun, Northwestern grad. He, it was a point that he was talking to Robin Leonard. Uh, I'm just going to go on a quote here. The only thing with the island was a little bit of special circumstance about a month and a half. I'm trying to get to the big point here. Leonard said, quote, I wanted to get something with term, but when I found out there was nothing with term, that's when I said in the media openly, I don't care what term it is. I just want to make it work. I, because I really like the fan base in Long Island, my teammates and the organization. Then we came down to the shorter term and it was a little bit off in money. And it was kind of an ultimatum put in front of me. And I took a couple of days to think about it. And when I came back and wanted to make something work, they already went for another goaltender. 
i.e. Semyon Varlamov. So that is the truth, and if people believe that, it doesn't matter. I'm very excited for this new chapter of my life with the Chicago Blackhawks, and it's going to be a nice journey. So pretty much saying, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Leonard didn't walk on the Islanders. He thought about it, came back, Lou moved on. So, the Islanders about not being a good organization, Alex. <laughs> Exhibit A. What do you mean? You let a, okay, you offer a guy money. And now this is, I know it's, understand it's Lou's attitude of, well, if you don't want to sign him, we're not going to wait for you. Right. That's but not, that's your, not a bad organization thing. That's but, just. No, no, but listen, Leonard was a Vesna candidate. You have the same team around him. And you're going to go out and just because you don't get a, an answer soon enough, you're going to go after Simeon Verlamov, who lost his job to perennial backup Philip Grubauer. Okay? That's bad management. That's Lou Lamorello signing Marlowe for three years and over six. Okay? That is not good. Yes, Anders Lee may not be worth $7 million. I don't know. But... There has to be something there that is proving that, like, there's a reason why, like I said, Leonard wanted a little bit longer term. Of course, he's got a family and whatnot. When he came back and there was nothing to offer him because they moved on, what's he supposed to do? Sit around and hope it doesn't work? Hopefully, Barlamov says no. Go to a different team. Yeah, that's why he only signed one year with Chicago because he's not quite sure what he wants. Chicago only offered him one year, so beggars can't be choosers. He's going to go play for the Hawks. Right, but think about it also, though. He's making $5 million. He'll stop. Wah, wah. But he wanted to be longer term. He wanted he wanted to be the, with the Islanders, and, it, just, it, and just because he didn't answer that second for Mister Godfather Lou, it wasn't that second. You're being over dramatic. But here. what I'm saying is just because if he doesn't want to play there, he doesn't want to play there. He wanted to. He he came, obviously he not. Came, well, clearly it wasn't. No, he came back with the, with something that could work, and they already moved on. It because what is the. And what are you trying to prove then if you're not willing to wait for your star goaltender to get back to you? Well, maybe they're trying to do something where maybe they couldn't pay for that kind of term. Well, they were going to, he, he said he was going to come back and make a deal that was going to work for maybe three or four years for I don't know how much money. So pretty much he may have been asking for almost the same kind of contract that Varlamov got. But they decided to move on before he got even had a chance. That's not good management. I know, Alex, you're in school and sports management, you're thinking whatever, but you gotta understand that that's stupid. It's not necessarily stupid. It's you're, just you're, so, you are giving up a Vesna goaltender for Barlamov. I don't even know what to give him. Am I saying I that's know. a great trade-off? No, but at the it's same, it's the same token though. Maybe there was okay until we know what that offer was. I don't want to say anything. Because, oh, no, because it won't get out because Leonard won't say it. Lou won't say it because Lou doesn't say anything and Leonard, I, he just won't. Leonard might have asked just too much for them because maybe they didn't want to spend that kind of money. But if he was trying to come back and trying to make an offer and they just moved on from it without really giving him the inclination that they were considering, that's where the... that's where the There was an offer on the table. He didn't say yes. So, look at how... Look at how much money that they have tied up. They have $44.76 million in just their forwards. They have 19 yes, point... you signed Anders Lee to $7 million, and you were going to pay right. Panarin 12. Right. So You the, couldn't pay your star so, goaltender? So they give up their a goalie for their captain. That's what happened. That's a bad trade-off, too. 
Anders Lee, a 28-year-old captain, $7 million for seven. Okay, so you're you're it's you're you're invest seven. you're investing in your forwards instead of your goalie. That's that's what you did. And guess what? That's hey, that's worked out for Florida, hasn't it? Hey, look at that! It's worked. Longo's retired. Reimer's gone. We got Bobrovsky. Sweet. Now we're good. No, wait, they what are you, no. What they are you wait four years. And dude, they invested in their goalies. That's why they had Luongo and James Reimer. Well, they okay. They had Luong- yeah. No, they had Luongo's contract that he signed in Vancouver. Okay, that was an unavoidable contract. They signed James. Right. They they got James because well he had a he had a pretty good see maybe. maybe Lou looks at what happened in Florida and maybe he's seen what's possibly going to happen in Florida continuously because they just signed Bobrovsky to ten years or excuse me ten million dollars. Well, yes, because that's the kind of goaltender he was. But it wasn't like Leonard was going to ask for that. He was a cap- he's a goaltender that earned his money. We saw all these players. Like I said, we looked at talk about Timo Meyer. He is not worth six million dollars unless he puts up sixty points every year. However, he had a good 60-point, 66.6 season in his contract year. You're right. Leonard may have asked for about $6 million to play goaltender for the Islanders. Why? Because he was a Vesna candidate goaltender in his contract year. You have to agree with me, Alex, that, of course, he has the right to ask for it because he played well. But if, if Lou Lamorello thinks that Simeon Varlamov is a decent trade, a bargain deal for Robin Leonard and thinks it's going to work, the man is aging a lot faster than I thought. I'm going to use your own words. As general manager, he has the ability to say no. That's it. And he didn't say no to Varlamov. That's it. Because he wanted to... Obviously, yes, they have $8.6 million left in cap space, but do they want so to spend have, every would, single dollar? They would have, no. They would have thirteen million dollars if they had not signed Varlamov. So you're telling me you couldn't fit Leonard in thirteen point six million dollars per year? Where is the thought process here with the Islanders? Do they do they have to spend all of the cap? No, no. You, you wouldn't spend all. You do, would, you did, would, you did they did they want to spend all the cap? That's another thing. You wouldn't have to spend half. This year. goes back to me saying that Le- Lou Lamorello is not the only guy in the room. He's not Lou the only- Lamorello is the only guy in that room, Alex. No, because Alex, he's he got straight up excommunicated Garth Snow. No, I'm talking he everyone up, out. I'm talking about stakeholders and owner group. That's what I'm talking about. He has a he has but a job to do, and he has he has bosses to answer to. At the end Nobody, of the day. Okay, you're telling me that Lou Lamorello answers yes. somebody. You're being realistic about this. Yes, because he's a general manager. Like that, he could be gone. Right. Anybody did. Just me, like me and you. If you we, and I. Whatever. I don't care. I'm not a damn journalist. It's not my job. I can speak however, <laughs> however I want. Needless to say, Lou Lamorello has people that he has to answer to. If he was told... All right, for goaltenders, we're, we don't want to spend that much money. So he gives Simeon Varlamov this five, $5 million. He gives him a $5 million year deal to a 31-year-old with a no-trade ra- clause. I would rather spend $7 million on Leonard for four years than I would rather spend five on Varlamov. I don't care if it's a better deal and you have more cap space at the end of the day. You're losing a better goaltender. Leonard was always on. Look at the teams Leonard was was on, okay? Ottawa, awful team. Gets traded to Buffalo, awful team. 
and he gets put on a good Islanders team. And yes, he looks like a superstar that he was always when he got brought over in the first place from from Sweden. Excuse me. Well, we'll see. Chicago what the, gets a good deal. Stan Bowman do. gets a good goaltender. Corey Crawford, his health issues can be put to rest because now you have a goaltender that can play 45, 50 games in Robin Leonard and can play well. Yes, the aging defense there in Chicago may make it a little tough, but he's still a good enough goaltender to make the big saves when he needs to. Leonard will probably be the start. I mean, listen, Crawford's a good goaltender, but Leonard's right there, ready to go. Right. That being said, moving on to Edmonton, we'll try to make this a little bit quicker in the process as we go from team to team because it is getting into a oh, longer it'll episode. Get, it'll, it'll get dumb. To the, it, we're getting down to the dumb contracts here in a minute that really we don't really need to dive too far into. Right. Edmonton Oilers, they get Mike Smith one year by $2 million. They kind of trade places with Cam Talbot. Um, Alex Chason also re-signs two years, $2.15 million. Marcus Granlin one by 1.3. And Thomas Yurko gets a measly $750,000 for one year. Good to see Yurko still in the NHL, right? No, who cares? Sure. Mike Smith, listen, he's getting another year of opportunity to play in the National Hockey League, and he's going to start. Why? Because Miko Koskinen's the other goaltender. Right. Oh, Peter Sorelli, you are an evil man. Alex Chasing getting resigned is a good move because it's a fair deal. And listen, this guy made it out of PTO last year on this Oilers roster. So that's why getting his contract this year, he's probably like, oh, cool, $2 million, sweet. He's a very capable guy. He can play on McDavid's wing, but he can play on Drysaddle's wing too if they allow Drysaddle and McDavid to be split up because, you know, that'd be nice if they spread the talent throughout the lineup. Marcus Granlin wasn't really getting a whole lot done in Vancouver. Maybe there's something happen in Edmonton. He'll get a little bit more playing time, possibly. Now, the fact that Vancouver's got all that young talent coming through the system, Grant will get a better opportunity. Maybe change scenery will help him. We will see. But Mike Smith, obviously the big deal, because aging goaltender, veteran goaltender, they may be able to guide Koskinen. Because if not, well, it's a lot of money for Miko Koskinen for too dang long. By that, I mean, should not have been signed at all. Yeah, Calgary being the other team in Alberta, obviously in this kind of quote-unquote goalie trade, not an actual one. Cam no. Talbot from, well, no, not really. but uh, Well, they said they traded places because Talbot played there much of the last couple of years. Yeah, so. kind, of, the- kind of traded in places. Cam Talbot being on the other side, um, or at least getting that experience of the other side of the Battle of Alberta, which has been kind of picking up in the past couple of years. Uh, one yeah, because year- one team's been good, the other's been bad. So how it's one been year, $2.75 million is a solid pickup. Obviously, you're losing your uh, starting goaltender and Mike Smith to Edmonton, so you got to fill that so spot. Big save Dave and Cam. Cam the man, I guess. Big save Dave and Cam the man. Okay. Uh, Carolina making a new, wait, a, I didn't get, what? I didn't get to talk about Talbot. Well, we gonna, still got a lot to talk about here. Yeah, I know we do. We knew, this was gonna, we knew this was going to be a long episode. Yeah, we I don't want time. Yeah. seriously long we started this show at what we are right now at uh, a little under two hours <laughs> yeah exactly this is a, a well, long ex- episode okay fine talbot probably will be the starter yeah probably opening night uh carolina making a more investments into their goaltending peter mrazic re-signing for two years 3.125 million dollars i expect him and James to split time, kind of like I don't McElhaney. think they're going to split as much. James is a little bit older than... Actually, I think McElhaney is older than James. It's very close. and They're very right. close in age. Mrazek is still a cheaper deal than Reimer, but I believe having Mrazek stay 
he was getting a lot of good looks. He was getting an opportunity. Will he be able to do it again this season? We'll see. You know, he was at a fair price last year. But then again, he didn't have a much of say going in last year. That's when he was getting paid $1.5 million. But he earned this contract he's getting paid now. It's just going to be whether or not he can continue and make it look like he's worth 3125 Because if he is, well, then in a couple of years, it's going to be a big number that the Canes will have to pay for him. But yeah, he had a really good year last year, earned this money. He will definitely be the starter. I expect him to probably go for 50 games as well. We'll see. But then we saw Brendan Moore likes to treat the goaltenders. Well, it all really depends on how Reimer does early on. McElhinney started good from day one. Well, not day one. It took him a couple days, a couple games. But yeah. that's why Brendan Moore's able to trust him because McElhinney was good when he played. Mrazic was good when he played. Can Reimer be as good as McElhinney was last year? Yeah, well, hopefully that works out. Obviously, me being a Canes fan, Vegas signs uh, two of their players to... Not necessarily extensions, but they re-signed uh, Thomas Nosek, one year, $1 million, and then Brandon Peary signing for uh, two years, 775000 Nothing huge there, just making sure that they have a team to play uh, next year. And especially with the cap crunch they're in, getting them at decent deals. I mean, Nosek and Peary wasn't going to get a whole lot, neither was Nosek, so getting them to make, say, hey, you like playing here? Cool. All right, we're, you're going to have to pay for pennies here. You're going to play for, play for, play for donuts. Right. Um, so the tire kill contract, because I would have played for Tim Bits and Coffee. And a free apartment downtown Toronto. The Pittsburgh Penguins pick up Brandon Tana for a six-year $3.5 million contract, 3.5 per year. Yee. That's a long time for Brandon Tanev. That That is a long time. However, they are losing that contract from Phil Kessel, which wasn't a huge thing for them, but... $6.8 million. But it's... It's the kind of player, for that long a term, for Brandon Tanev, who was never really a big point getter. No, but... It's like paying Zach Hyman three and a half. Do you really want to do that? No. No. Now, don't get me wrong, in a couple of years, Hyman may be getting that kind of money, but the point is that he's a little bit older, and for a Penguins team that is definitely... The end is in sight. You see the cliff that it's going towards. The road close sign is flashing. There's multiple warnings of it, too. And they're just, and Jim Rutherford, getting a year older. We'll get to him later on, being a Hall of Fame candidate all, but he's just going out and doing whatever he wants. Okay, I mean, like I said, losing Kessel's contract was big. That's good. Good job. You did the right thing. But then he signed Brandon Tenna for six years. Hey, this ain't no Nazem Kadri deal. That's not a steal. Tanev shouldn't be getting paid any more than three. Yeah, but at the same time, though, in the last couple years of that contract, it's it's tradable. Oh, he doesn't have a no move. Good. Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, if you wanted to check into that, we'll uh, move on to. While you're checking that, we'll move on to Ottawa real quick. Uh, they picked up a couple Leafs, Ron Hainsey for three point five million dollars for one year. Uh, dumb mistake. And then, well, that's it. That's what you call cap space, and you need a defenseman. Because let's be honest, Hainsey, there was whispers that Hainsey was going to get a pay cut with the Leafs. And by the way, no no move or no trade clause for Bantana, which means, hello, Seattle. Yeah. But listen, Ron Hain, they, needed, they need defensemen. The, they need a defenseman. They need more. Well, they need more. Because listen, Thomas Shabbat can't play 40 minutes every single night for 82 games. He'll no. die. Yeah. Not even the young kid that he is, he won't be able to do it. So, yes, you're overpaying for Hainsey, but then again, the Leafs overpaid for Hainsey, too, when they signed him in the first place. He's getting a $500,000 raise because a team needs to hit the floor. That's right. why. 
and they get a really good steal in Tyler Ennis, one year by 800000 The fact that Ennis is not getting paid a million on a team that needs to fill the cap. Well, Tyler Ennis, I believe that he's going to be a senator for a th- a couple years after this. Well, that's been the one trend with yesterday. A lot of one-year and two-year deals. Not really many long-term. Like I say, talk about Panero, talk about Tanev, Bobrovsky. There's the big ones, but there's not a lot. Not a lot of long-term contracts. Very short-term. And what I think the problem is that you see these one- or two-year deals because you have that CBA sitting in the back wing. You have the the discussions, the meetings coming up here. Right. And the possible slash inevitable, slightly scary lockout. It's coming. I'm ready for it because I am ready to over dissect the AHL and go head over heels in junior hockey. I'm talking, we may be part of the USHL show, man. I don't know. We're going to get heavy into it. We'll see. Um, College hockey supreme. Harrison Watt and I are going to do our own show. Colorado uh, making a couple signings here. Colin Wilson re-signing with them for one year, $2.6 million. Fair. Fair deal. Eric Fair. And uh, Jonas Donskoy getting four years, $3.9 million. It's okay. Uh, he did do a bit of work in San Jose, but not too much. So I want to say that he got just over 20 points last year. So that, that's... It's fairly okay Let for me... just under $4 million. I think that, I mean, obviously now he's going to be playing with... Naz. Yeah, he's going to be playing with Naz. Well, probably. He was getting paid. Yeah, how much was he getting paid there? He was getting paid $1.9 the last two years. Let's see. Never, Never hit over 40 points. Never hit 40 points. In his four seasons, is it 36, 37, and 32? So that's that's pretty good. 3.9 for a 30-plus a point. Yeah, he had a really bad sophomore year. He was injured a little bit in 2017, but only put up 17 points. But 3.9, though, let's, let's be honest, it, it could be a cap move, maybe. I don't know. Like I said, July 1st. It's the dumbest day of the year. Is he worth 3.9? We'll see. Joe Sackick had some room to fill, and you know what? Adding a depth forward, a depth winger, really could help out. So if Yeah, that's... especially when you're going for those deep, deep runs. And you know what? Was that what hurt them against San Jose? No, a bad offsides call did. But the point is that they're they're capable. And like I said, they got they still have Ranson, they have Landeskog, they have McKinnon, they have Calvert, who's okay. They they signed Pierre Edouard Bellemare from Vegas. Tyson Jost is still on there for an ELC for another year. Burkowski, they're going to re-sign. Comfer still. They still have a capable top 12, and then some. So I like where Colorado is. It's a little much. We'll see in a year or two, but like we said, thankfully it's only four years. They have Landeskog up in two years. That's going to be a troublemaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move over to the other side of the brawl, Detroit. <laughs> See what I was doing there? They're right. not even the same conference anymore. No, it's not. They have not had a legitimate beef with each other. So, uh, okay, okay. Tyler Bertuzzi will okay. change that. <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi is sucker-punching Matt Calvert. You're right, Alex. You know what? You're right. All we need, Alex, if you want to rejuvenate the rivalry, just keep having these alumni games between the 90s, like the 90s wings and 90s and Avs. That's all you need to do. That's all you got to do. Listen, 
that stadium series, nobody cared about the game. Nobody cared that Detroit won. All we cared about it was Colorado Detroit. Patrick Watt versus Manny Licks. Okay, whatever. You know what? Who cares? Whoever the goaltender is for Detroit. But the Darren is- McCarty versus the entire Colorado Avalanche. Claude Lemieux was out there, and McCarty was high AF and saluting the crowd. Chris Draper. Oh man, that was that was cool. I'm like, I my childhood came rushing back to me when I watched that game. Just hear it, and of course, Valerie Kaminsky scoring the goal, of course. But Stevie Eisman scoring, Patrick Waugh. That was cool. Yeah, was so good. it was a good day. Detroit, uh, Patrick Nemeth, fun enough from Colorado. Uh, two years by. I didn't. I didn't. Hold on, I didn't get the contract on that. They did not post the money. They didn't post the money yet. So it's it's a two-year deal. No, they probably posted it, but when I was writing it down, Patrick Nemeth. What's the Three million. Okay. Two by by three. Not bad. Uh, Valtteri Filpola, by the way, he's on the Detroit Red Wings again. He's getting that same money, two by three million dollars. And then he's 35 years old. Holy smokes. Yeah. Remember when he was a young lad playing for the Griffins? Him and Ellery. Ellery. Sorry, big and big and mini flip, little flipper. Um, and they also picked up Calvin Pickard for two years, seven hundred thousand dollars. So, so two years, two years, and two years. Kind of going back to that CBA thing. Steve Eisman sees the writing on the wall. He's making smart decisions. So, here was the big report when Eisman had his little presser following all the action yesterday. He was asked, why would you sign Pickard? You have one more year of Jimmy Howard, and Bernie has two more years. Well, the point, what he said was the idea is that they're going to have uh, Philip Larson be the goaltender in Grand Rapids. Good. He's a very good goaltender. And Kane Fulker can go dick around down in Toledo. But he's like, we're going to have Calvin Pickard kind of guide him along. So here's the, the, the flaw in the thought process here. When I heard this report, and I'm like, wait, hold on. What? Because Calvin Pickard... Signed a one-way deal. One-way contract. I'm going to make sure I click it so I make sure I know exactly what he's getting paid. Uh, is, it, is it a one-way? Because he said it was It was reported as a one-way deal. I think that report's wrong. I'm, I'm going to make sure on this here. I think the report you're thinking of was one of those ones where the it was a rumbling that it was going to be a one-year deal or, or a one-way Let's see. Because 700000 league men for two years. I think that's a two-way. That's well, got to be a two-way deal. Well, because it's got to be a two-way because it does have his minor league salary on there. Sorry, it was it was listed as a one-way. Everyone's talking about one-way. One. I'm like, how is it a one-way deal? Because that means you have to put him on waivers. Right, and then you're going to be like the Leafs, and you're going to give Pickard up for nothing. Exactly, you're going to sign him for seven fifty grand for nothing. Gazoon <coughs> tight. So, just making sure that looking for anything that says one way or two way, it's got to be a two way. Then, like I said, it's got the salary in there. So, Pickard will go down to Grand Rapids, which is cool for me because we get to watch him because I love Calvin Pickard. If he blows up his five hole, he's a good goaltender. Okay, I remember one game watching in Colorado. This was, I think, the first year of three on three. He made a save, and he looked up ice. I don't know who was going for the for the ads, but he drops the puck down and backhands it down the ice. The guy gets a breakaway. doesn't score, though, but he's like, that was the first time I ever, like, you never really see that anymore. Goaltenders, they just play the puck and leave it. If a guy makes a save and holds on to it, he'll just cover it up or dump it off to the side. Pickard was, he makes a save, and he's like, I got this, guys. 
Glenn Hall, take it up the ice and pass it up. And away he goes. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yes, the stuff I remember, I know, and I can't remember what day it is. Uh, moving on to the former uh, team that Steve Eisenman was associate, associated with, the Tampa Bay Lightning sign Luke Shen. What to, a steal! To league men for one year, $700,000. He'll, uh, he'll fill the gap for Anton Strawman perfectly. Sure. Uh, and they also pick up Curtis McElhaney for two years at 1.3. That's his biggest pay grade ever, Curtis McElhaney. Earned yeah. it, too. Yay. Every bit of it. Hey, you got James Reimer. Take off. You're all excited. But I wanted McElhaney. Yeah, you know what? So did the Leafs. But guess what? Dubas thought, hey, let's get Sparks a chance. Guess what? That didn't work. Hutchinson, get the job. But but now McElhaney's going to be backup Annie again. That's his role. McElhaney would never be a good starter. He plays when he needs to. Yes, he would. He'd be a great starter. Don't no, he you wouldn't. mention yeah, but him. No, he would never be a good starter. That's why his name is Backup Annie. Curtis. Mon- Backup Henny, or as Joe Bowen said one time, holy McElhenney. Montreal. Patrick, or the, uh, against the Penguins, Sidney Crosby, wide open net. Nope. McElhenney says no. Least go to the playoffs. Connor Brown with the goal. From Jake Gar- Man, that, team, that was a different team back then. Montreal picks up Keith Kincaid one year by $1.75 million. Well, you need Anthony Niemi can't be the backup. What about Charlie Lindgren? Ah, who cares? Let's get Kincaid. It's actually not a bad deal. You have a goaltender with Angel experience, so when Carey Price gets hurt, he can start. Yeah. Habs hands. What do you mean he's going to get hurt again? Listen, guys, you blow your knee out once, it, it's very prone to happen again. Right. Especially and on, again. Especially in a position where you're on and your again. knees a lot. How many times he had knee injuries? Four now since Dude, since, Cry- since Kreider le- forgot how to skate. Um. So let's move on to another Canadian team here. Uh, Toronto signed a couple players. Kenny Agostino for Meh. two years, seven hundred thousand per. De- it's a, is it a two way? I don't remember if it's two way or not. But it's a depth pick. Yeah. For, you know, just adding some experience and depth. At the but same time. the the bigger notoriety is going to be Jason Spezza, who signed league men for one year. Kyle, this Lewis. yeah, you steal a lot of our guys up there. We'll steal one of your older ones, Spezza. Yeah, you remember playing for Ottawa? Come up here. He's longtime Leaf fan. Jason Spezza. I think Kyle Dupas is like eh. former Grand Rapids Griffin. Jason, Jason Spezza. Were, were you a Leafs fan once? Oh, for a day? Solid. I'll sign you. No, he was one. He's a big fan as a kid. Of course, many, like, don't forget, a lot of the players his age and older didn't grow up with the Senators. No, they didn't. They grew up with the Leafs. It was the Leafs or Montreal. Right, and a lot of people didn't pick Montreal for obvious reasons. So some players did. Nazem Kadri, P.K. Subban were Montreal fans. See, that doesn't make sense, though. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, but Jason Spezza, Kenny Agostino, two solid players. Spezza uh, will probably be your fourth line center. They all signed guys like Nick Shore. That was another one to add depth down the middle, but I don't see a whole lot for him. Spezza, I think, deserves it. Spezza deserves it on a shot because, and like I said, this is how the playoffs work. He looked good for Dallas in the playoffs. That third line center spot's open. Well, uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. There could be movement around through the Marlins. I at least. think that Spezza. Uh, okay, is he I, obviously it not, wouldn't it he, won't work because Hyman's a, two, a, a top two line player now. But Hyman would not be a center. He, no, he, but he takes, he takes sec, face no, offs on the penalty kill. No, no, kill. no. I'm I'm talking about like power play. Well, it's time for second line power play. Jason Spezza, Hyman, 
And no, Hyman would not be on the power play ever. Why not? Because he gets the puck out to the front of the net. That's what you want. Yes, but you don't. You if you're on the power play, you're not digging in the corners. No, but he plays down low. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you just the play top, a, play behind the net. Do the, it. The top line, top unit for the Leafs next year: Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Riley. Possibly, I don't know if I want to say this one for sure, but we could possibly see a guy. Well, I don't know. Maybe Janssen's spot. Yanni will probably take Mango. Will probably take Kadri's spot. And then you have your second unit. Who? Janssen. Andreas Janssen. He'll, what? No. You Mango. Said- Mango. Yeah, that's for some, that's his nickname. Mango. That doesn't make a damn lick of sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Second, you're going to have Nylander. You'll probably have Kapanen on the left side. Gardner, if he gets resigned, will go up top. Or Tyson, or Tyson Berry. Um, yeah, maybe Tyson Berry. Dermot's out for six months, so that'll be interesting. Don't forget, Jaime's out until Christmas, Alex. Yeah, so we'll uh, continue. But then you with- may see Spezza, though, play somewhere in that top. He won't be down low, no question about it. But- maybe. We'll keep talking about the UFAs here, though. We can talk about Toronto another day. Uh, St. Louis re-signs Sammy Blaze. Sammy Blaze! For one year, 850000 Jake Dotchin for one year, 700000 no this, this is where, folks, when we get to the dumb contracts, we're just trying to get every team involved so nobody gets left out. Right. Jake, Richard. Hey, Richard. You know what? Adding a defenseman for the good old San Antonio Rampage, Jake Dotchin. Sure. San, uh, Richard Panic for the Washington... Panic! Pain Sorry. and Panic. Washington Capitals signs four years, 2.75. And eh. yet, Brett... Connolly was still, you could have re-signed him, probably for cheaper because he would have stayed, but he went to Florida. Obviously, it was a a gut decision there. Uh, Moving on to Buffalo here, Andrew Hammond signs a one-year $700,000 deal. Probably be batting with Linus Allmark for the backup position, but you'll probably see more in Rochester. I love the Hamburglar. I miss him. That's what happens. You have one good run. Everyone remembers you forever, but... I, I, he deserves an honest shot, if you ask me. Right. And Curtis Lazar signs a one-year $700,000 deal. Really good junior player that really hasn't gotten it. He had a decent couple years with Calgary, but just couldn't quite put it together consistently. Kind of been an afterthought ever since, maybe trying to rejuvenate his career, possibly with a more offensive-minded Buffalo team, because let's be honest, defense is not their thing. Right. Moving on to Winnipeg now, we got Nathan Bolio. Bolio. Nathan Bolio. Bolio, he re-signs for one year, $1 million. Obviously, just trying to get that nice low contract just in case they do re-sign line A for a huge sum. Uh, Boston picking up a couple pretty good ones. Parlin home uh, from Winnipeg. That's two years, $850,000. And Brett Ritchie at one year, $1 million. A couple, yep. a couple players that... I was going to say just a couple more players that you can add to uh, develop that depth in uh, Boston a little bit more. Yeah. Obviously, coming that close to a Stanley Cup, they're just trying to see what the missing pieces are to bring a cup back to Boston. Yeah, Parlin Holm didn't quite work out as everyone thought he was going to try. That's why he got traded for Nick Patan to Winnipeg, and obviously didn't do a whole lot there because then again, there was no room at that point for, for Winnipeg. Brett Ritchie is just a solid move to get, like I said, more depth on the outside. More or less just guys to fill in spots when they need to. You know, of course, when you're looking at inserting guys like Chris Wagner in the lineup, well, you want to have a little more skill at times throughout the regular season. So that's why you bring these guys in, and hopefully they turn out all right. Right. And now we go going over to Philly. 
the Philadelphia Flyers, they get none other than Jean-Francois Berube for league men for a year. That's a solid pick for them. They needed to make sure that they have a solid uh, goaltending tandem. Let's see. Is he the only one with? They also have Alex Lyon, but... Oh, I forgot. They got, you're saying Brian Elliott. That's right. Yeah. So Barube and Lyon will probably be in Lehigh Valley. And you'll have Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, which if Elliott can stay healthy, it may work. Because let's be honest, if you're not, because Carter Hart is making 730 grand, okay? Which for him, if he can just continue to progress, continue to develop and play, he should be, a, he should play at least half the games. Brian Elliott is not your starter. Carter Hart's your starter. I understand last year I said it was too early to bring him up, yada, yada, yada. Well, it started to work a little bit. And I'm not saying throw him to the wolves yet, but he should get substantial minutes. Yeah, we'll see what definitely happens there. Um, The place with the Red Rock, Arizona, they pick up both Andy Miel and Bo Bennett from... Andy Mealy! Before we help you make a Mealy, okay. And Bo yeah. Bennett, both guys that played in the KHL the last couple of years, both have some NHL experience, not a whole lot. Yeah, like bo- I said, just just signing players to things. Yeah, hello um, Tucson. Mealy uh, signed to a two-year, seven hundred thousand dollar deal. Bennett signed to a one-year, seven hundred thousand dollar deal. Another one-year, seven hundred thousand dollar deal. Former Detroit Red Wing, former Grand Rapids Griffin, Martin. Ferk Marty. Marty Ferk. The guy that likes to go headhunting. He's heading down to Los Angeles to be a king. Who was I reading on Twitter yesterday? Someone tried to give a scouting report for Marty. They said, kid's got an unreal shot. And he's a really hardworking guy. Very tenacious in the offensive zone. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've watched. I've known the guy since he came here. Yeah. He's very, he's got hands. He's got a shot. He works hard, yeah, but the kid's got the hockey brain of a two-year-old. He gets lost out there. All he knows is Stan Drovechkin stands and shoot. Yeah, that, that, I mean... the puck in the zone and shoot. That's, don't do anything else. Passing? No. Weaving through the zone, looking for the good option? No. Shoot. That's his game. That is. That, it's just, where's the puck? Where, when do I get to shoot it? But that's been his problem. That's why he's never been able to develop into a solid NHL player. Remember, of course... Remember the last time he went anywhere else? He signed out with Carolina, got put on waivers, came back to Detroit. Right. I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but you never know. Yeah. G- getting down to the end here, San Jose, they sign uh, Tim Heed. Don't even know the, who the heck's that I, like is. Like I said, this is UFA signs. Uh, yes, T.O. Meyer was their big move, but that was all they really did yesterday. I'm gonna, yeah. Actually, I'm gonna they re-signed him for a year, 960000 Ooh, spending big bucks there. Big but, money there. But... But, 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 the Anaheim Ducks, nada. They haven't, well, let me, I mean, that's what I'm trying to look here. Before. They have not touched the UFA market yet. Let's see, Leonard, uh, Anthony Bieto. Then again, who wants to sign there? I wouldn't. Boy, in Anaheim, well, you can sign there, but I don't really know. Well, let's see, Mark Letestu just signed a $700,000 contract with the... Winnipeg Jets coming over from Columbus, where he played majority of last year in Cleveland, played a lot in Edmonton the last few years before that. So I guess adding more to their forward position did the Jets, but then again, you'll probably see him in Manitoba. And yeah, that's about it. So it's really looking at who is left. 
That, right. That's that's the big, I guess. I don't say point, but that's that's what you're really looking at now is who's really left in the UFAs. And looking at first glance, yeah, you have Thornton, you have Marlowe. Those are two guys. Like I said, San Jose's looking at them. Justin Williams, Dion. Oh, you're looking at. I forgot you're looking at Capit. <laughs> no, I'm looking at. Oh, oh god. I think I'm looking at by. If Dion Phaneuf's top one, it's Capit. I'm looking at. I'm, um, I'm looking at points per game. You're looking at points per game. Okay. No, I'm I, just. I'm just thinking off people off the top of my head. Nicholas Ledstrom, Brian Boyle, Placanic. You know. Blah, blah, blah. But well, Boyle's still out there as well. Jake Garner's still UFA. Zingle's still, still out there. Ryan Zingle's probably the top one left, if you ask me. Of course, Patrick Maroon's out there. I'm surprised St. Louis hasn't signed him to a cheap deal yet. Because why would you want to go anywhere, Patrick? Your boy's in town. You get to see him every day. Stay. Stay in St. Louis. Do yourself a favor. Let's see. We also got Derek Broussard. Jake Gardner's still on the list, and I think he'd be a good pickup for I anybody. Said that already. Did you? Yes, I did. I don't like listening they to you. They said Derek Englund was supposed to go to Vegas, but nothing's made official yet. Let's see. I'm kind of going down. Then again, they don't really want to make too many signings with the freaking cap that they got. Chris Kunitz is still there. Why is Chris Kunitz still out there? Because he's old. Yeah, I know. That's a bummer. Igor Ojegana, there's a guy. No, I'm kidding. Igor Ojegana, I think, is going back overseas. Adam McQuaid's still on the board. Devontae Smith-Pelly's another one. Devontae was one of those guys that got too much money when he that last year he, with Washington. He, played a mil, he got paid a million dollars. Yeah. No, that's not. He got nothing. paid overpaid. No, he was not. He could have gone elsewhere and got $3 million because why? He was a Stanley Cup champion. It's stupid, though. Matt, Matt Cullen's still on the list. Can't he just retire already? Please. Uh, Joe Thornton just turned 40, so he'll be interesting. Furland is the interesting one because he has one good year. Everyone thinks he's going to make a lot of money. Everyone's saying six, but he's still off the board because for some reason, Alex, Carolina wasn't able to get a fair deal with him. Right. And, uh, well, there, I mean, there's two other guys that I like to look at. Ryan Spooner and Riley Sheehan. Tinky Winky is still on the board. Someone pick him up, man. Nope, I wouldn't. No, just not. Detroit. Detroit. Sure, you have the cap space. Why not? Sign him for league men. But I, I think was I think Eisenman was there when he was drafted. Sheehan, yeah. Yeah. But Dezingle, Dezingle was very... T- Listen, he didn't do a whole lot with Columbus. That's because he was playing bigger minutes in Ottawa. And then when he went over to Columbus, he really didn't get a whole lot of room. I mean, he did, get, he did pick up 12 points in 21 games, but he wasn't the quote-unquote game changer he was. So he, he put up a career high last year in points with 56. He had never hit anything more than 40 since his days with the Lincoln Stars of the USHL. So, I mean, he's a, he had a career year, so he's probably looking, he's probably being patient, which is smart. You know, he let all the big names get out of the way, and then teams will be scrapping for what's left. If you're all that's left, shoot, you're looking at about four, four and a half. Yeah. It's not bad. Five even if you're fine a dumb enough team. Peter Shirley's not in the GM right now, so he probably won't find that. Anywho, but yeah, not a whole lot of crazy talent that's left, but there's still some good team, good talent out there. Like I said, Thornton and Marlowe, they're probably just waiting. I'm sure Doug Wilson's just trying to make sure that their cap works after, like I said, paying a lot of money for a lot of dumb contracts, and that's going to hurt them in about tomorrow. So. Yeah. Probably, just, probably just the waiting game in the West Coast. Then again, how long did it take for Thornton to sign last year? 
Uh, it took a bit of time. You you were like, oh, he's going to Leafs, going to Leafs, going to the Leafs. It's no, 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 Leafs. no, no. That was the year when Thor. That was the year when Marlowe signed. That was that's when I did my. Oh yeah, but it was either Marlowe or oh, well, Marlowe. Marlowe wasn't even a, in a, in the option. It was like, oh, we're gonna get Thornton, gonna get Marlowe. Wait, wait, he's gonna sign for eight. Oh crap, we're not doing that. Marlowe, you're taking six. Cool. Get oh, six point two. Get over here. Yeah. Before we decide anything else. But uh, it took a while for that. So we're going to finish the show today with a bit of stuff, mainly the Hall of Fame. But before we get into that, just a quick um, note. Craig Berube signed on for two years with St. Louis. Finally, we don't have to hear interim head coach Craig Berube. You can say head coach Craig Berube. Yeah, so that's all taken care of. Now let's get into... Um, the Hall of Fame inductees. So yes. first we have um, the only female on this list, Haley Wickenheiser, the four member of player development for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What a great builder! Oh, she's not a she's a player. Got it. Yes. No. Um, that's, a, that's a joke, everyone. It's not. I'm not ignoring her career. It, it's just it's funny because she's worked for the Leafs and Leafs fans. Okay, get moving on. Haley Wickenheiser, four-time Olympic gold medal winner, two uh, tournament MVPs as a member of Team Canada. She leads Team Canada International Program with goals, assists, and points, with goals being 168, assists being 211, with a total points of 379 after playing 276 games. That's a pretty... Pretty, pretty, pretty good stat. She is, I would say arguably, but it's very difficult to argue against Haley Wickenheiser being the greatest Canadian women's player of all time. No doubt about and it. One of mean, the, and besides that, screw that, being one of the best Canadian players ever. Yeah. She was a, not, wasn't the biggest groundbreaker, but when the Olympics started to go on and women's hockey got a little bit more notoriety with more, with more competitive world championships. Right. I mean, and which, which by the way, she was a part of seven of them, seven of the seven Canadian world, world championships, seven world championships. Obviously the last few years have been kind of dominated by the Americans, but yeah, she won in 2002, 06, 2010, 2014. She was a dominant player. She was always very capable of getting the big goals. And that's why she's much as a member of this year's Hall of Fame class. Yes. Next, we have Guy Carboneau, who was... Uh, that little pest. Noted as one of the best two-way players to ever play the game. Uh, three-time Stanley Cup winner. He won in 1986 and 93 with the Montreal Canadiens and won in 1999 with the Dallas Stars. He was... It was at the end of Bob Gaines' career when Carboneau came into the league... And Carboneau, who was a pretty good player in junior coming up through the ranks and coming up through the Montreal system. But when he got there, he realized that he wasn't going to be. Because don't forget, on a team he played, he played with Claude Lemieux, who was a pest, but a goal scorer, a guy that could do scoring. Carboneau realized he wasn't going to be a top guy in the league by scoring. So, he, you know, you kind of shadow around Bob Gainey, you follow him around, and you realize that here's how to really succeed in the league. And he was a little. He was always a little bit of a pest, but he was a very capable two-way player. Really good and responsible in his own zone. And this is an odd one because I remember I was like, "Well, he never put up a whole lot of points. How can he be a Hall of Famer?" Well, first of all, winning championships helps. Don't forget, Grant Fuhr is in the Hall of Fame, not because of his numbers, because he won cups. That's it. I I like the fact that they're acknowledging that there are guys that have played that were never superstars. 
but they no. were very good players. Listen, Patrice Bergeron's numbers are not going to be astronomical. No. But if Bergeron does not get admitted in the Hall of Fame, I'm going to lose my darn mind. No, he will. But especially if guys like Carmen will get in, Bergeron will definitely be doing so as well. That that's it's a good movement that they're acknowledging. No, no, I'm not going to say like there's like I'm not I'm not saying Dave Semenko will ever get into the Hall of Fame, but right. guys like these actually had positive contributions not on the score sheet, but with the team is important, I believe. Yeah. Next we have on the list is Sergey Zubov, a great puck moving defenseman, won two Stanley Cups during his career in 1994 with the New York Rangers, and then was also a teammate of Guy Carboneau on the 99 Dallas team. Yeah, you talk about a guy that played efficiently, was very capable in his own zone, but is very good offensively, and huck darts like Guy Lafleur, man. Let me tell you, the stories that Sergei Zubav would walk outside the door in the old reunion arena and just light up a smoke is hilarious. Every period he would do it. Of course, that was his game back then. You could take two shots before the game, a fireball or whiskey, whatever you want to take, and nobody would notice because that's how the game was played. Nowadays, any guy has a cigarette or a beer, it's like, oh my gosh, you're unhealthy. You're never going to make it in the NHL. But he was very important on that 94 team. Unfortunately, he was always overlooked because why? He's playing with Brian Leach. When he went to Dallas, he got a little bit more notoriety and getting a cup with Dallas really showed that he was a number one defenseman. So I believe it's a little bit long overdue, but there have been a lot of great candidates before him and a lot of guys that have been inducted before him. So it's good to see him get the notoriety he deserves as well. Right, and then the last one that we have not in the builders category, we have Vaclav Nidomansky. He was one of the first ever players uh, to defect from Europe to not, North America. Not one of, the first. The first. The first coming out of the old Czechoslovakia, coming out from the Iron Curtain. Uh, played with the Toros and the WHR, where he came in, put up pretty The big, Toronto Toros, the by Toronto the way. The Toronto Toros, yes. Play, actually put up a lot of pretty good, I think he had a 50-goal season with them once. Played with a very bad Detroit Red Wings team when it folded. Played with the Rangers and a little bit in St. Louis as well. This, Like I said, this is another one that you don't see points-wise, but before, everyone talks about the Stasny brothers coming over and McGillney defecting. The, yeah, those, the, uh, the Russian Five. Yeah, that too, even Slava Fatisov and them. Oh, they did great things. But before all of those guys even thought about it, Nedimansky was like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And it, you know what? He he took a he he. That's a risk that not many people understand how big it was. I think in today's world that nobody understands. Like, oh yeah, communism happened. So what? Think Listen. about it. Think about it this way. It'd be like it's the current situation if someone were to defect from communist North Korea. Right. It, I be- mean, it's not very. It's not you know very public of all the different people that have died. And have been killed and, you know, tortured for well, it. Yeah, but whatever, but... Yeah, that no, that was the thing. And the funny thing was, I like I don't think that thing could ever happen today. Yo, everyone always talks about how social media has really changed everything and everyone can post everything whenever they want. Could you imagine if there was an Iron Curtain today and someone tried to leave? All you need is your cell phone to quickly text someone and say, hey, I think one of the guys is trying to get out of here. It wouldn't happen today. I mean, it does with North North Korea. That's the that's the Iron Curtain now. No, I mean, basically. I'm saying it's like it's hard. It would be hard for them to leave. Like, yeah, you, no, you, that's you what I'm st- saying. Like, it's hard to leave. Peter there. Stasny and Anton not marrying yet. Marion stayed behind, and he regretted the decision ever since. But Peter and Anton Stasny got literally had to look like they were kidnapped to actually get out of Austria. 
Sergey Fedorov got he didn't get dragged out. He willingly left and actually told a couple guys because Fedorov's an idiot. But a fantastic hockey player did he was a little off. But like just hearing the fact, like I don't even want to think about like if these guys ever got caught, it it's the end. There is no prosecution or whatever. It, it was the end. Yeah, you would. You I, are never heard from ever again. Yeah, you're not you, thrown in Siberia or Serbia. You are gone. You are meeting the Lord or what, you know whatever you whatever you believe. You're meeting the afterlife. There is there was no either way. that or you faced the life of imprisonment. That too, but some I'm sure it was. A well, in Russia, you'd probably be thrown in forget. Siberia because then you'd freeze to death and it'd be a cold and torturous thing. But anyway, it's like this, well, the Soviet Union. Of course, you couldn't do it because why? You're part of the military. You couldn't leave. That's, that's how it was. So, you know, that's why I'm glad Nenemansky will get notoriety for being the first to leave the Iron Curtain to come over to North America. Yeah, and then we move on to the builders category where we have two inductees. Obviously, Jim Rutherford being uh, one of the uh, early members of the Carolina franchise in the early 2000s, being able to build that up over there after the uh, franchise moved from Hartford, and then also uh, was instrumental in winning the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins back-to-back Stanley Cups. Yeah, Jimmy, of course, Jimmy Rutherford. I remember I, I stumped you the other day because I was talking about the big trade that involved one Chris Pronger and one Brendan Shanahan. Jimmy yeah. Rutherford was in the front office for the Whalers at that time, and it really ended up... I mean, I don't say it paid off right then and there because obviously Shanahan got moved on and as did... Um, Paul Coffee, when he got traded in that deal. Keith Primo stayed along, then he got traded later on. But he really did a lot because that Carolina team, because that was in the luxury, that was in the no cap era. Right. He was able to get guys like Ronnie Francis, Jeff O'Neill, Archer's Herbe. In their their lineup was. Like, Sean Hill was a top defenseman. He was never a top defenseman before he went to Carolina. Right. He was able to develop that team into a contender, make it to the finals, and then in 06, even with a cap, able to get guys like Doug Waite, Mark Recchi, guys signed cheap deals, you know, Corey Stillman, getting players, and thankfully having a good goaltender in Cam Ward that year, but able to win the Stanley Cup. And let's be honest, Alex, you could have ran Pittsburgh. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it wouldn't have been well, too don't, hard. Don't get me wrong. He did have to get the move for Phil Kessel to work out. That's a yes, big one. That, that was, was big. the that was the only and fish, to get though. the Leafs to retain too. So that's another big aspect of that, and that really helped catapult Pittsburgh from a good hockey club to Stanley Cup champion. Right, and the only other uh, person that we have in the builders category and the last inductee yeah. in this Hall of Fame class is Jerry York, four-time national champion with Boston College. Um, obviously, also the first ever NCAA hockey coach to win a thousand games. And the funny part is, everyone always thinks, "Oh, great coach, boss coach." But a lot of people forget that he co- he started out by coaching Clarkson, Clarkson University, and also did some time in Bowling Green before coming to Boston College, where he he paid his dues. Oh, he paid his That's dues to certain. get there, and has taken this program that was always a good program. You know, couldn't. Seemed like ever to get the big one. Always going up against Boston University every year. But took the program to new heights. Like I said, four national championships. I think it, the number was eight national title games, something like that. I remember they lost the heartbreaker to Michigan State. They lost, of course, to Michigan in 98. 
but they he's been able to take that program a lot. And I'm glad that he gets the notoriety for it because listen, no coach is ever. There's a reason why no coach has ever won a thousand games in the NCAA. It's hard. It's hard because you always have to deal with the revolving door of players, right? But also the fact that if you're that good, usually you move on. But York has stayed with that call, stayed with the university, sucked by his guns, and it's worked out for him. And I'm glad that he's been able. He's finally getting, like I said, I always say with all these people, I'm glad they get the notoriety, and he's getting the opportunity to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. I think it's the first time. Uh, I, I don't want to say of all time, but I couldn't. Be, don't quote me on that. But it's first time in that I can remember that there were two builders inducted in the Hall of Fame, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, no, last year, Gary Bettman was, was a builder, and so was um, what's his name? Oh, Willie O'Ree. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was two. That's two. That's, that's two true. builders. I thought they inducted Willie O'Ree for. I thought I didn't know if it was for a builder or not, but I'm, I'm pretty not. sure it was for a builder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you had a, a whole spiel about it, how it should have been just Willie O'Ree, and then yeah, you got yeah, mad. I, at, you got mad. Hey, at I read him. Down Goes Brown. I wrote Sean Mack. I just finished reading Sean McEnoe's book this past week about Down Goes Brown. I'll put it right to you. Sean McEnoe doesn't like him either. He did the best way to write it to not make it look like Batman was the biggest you know what in the world yeah well he have to remember he's a lawyer that's what they're known for um so Batman, that, Batman, that not McIndoe. yeah that is the uh hall of fame class of 2019 the oh, yeah. last point that we have uh for today you mentioned the, it a little earlier but the storied and some would say fruitless 19 year career of one Roberto Luongo. He has hung up the pads. He has officially retired. No more fountain of youth. No more question of can Roberto Luongo do it for one more year. The former Florida Panther, former Vancouver Canuck, former uh, New York Islander has left the building. Yeah, you know, you look at his career and you think, wow, it's 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 impressive the fact to think he's third most in games played. I believe he's third or fourth most in wins. I'm just going to make sure of this here. I'm just going to go to the list, make sure I have everything right. Uh, he is, yes, third in wins with 489 and third in games played as well. It's funny to look at it, too. He has a sub-50 win percentage of his games played, but that's from wins to games played. He right. actually has a winning record over his career. In his career, which includes going a whopping 7-14-1 in 24 games played with the New York, New York Islanders, he went 400, 489 wins, 392 losses, 124 tie, overtime, or shootout losses which includes some pretty abysmal years with Florida. You want Okay, I'm going to look cuz remember he only made playoffs with Florida once in 2016. Twice. No, once. No. He, Vancouver I think he made it every year but one. No, I, no, I'm sure he did twice. No. The playoffs? No, he only made it in 2016. Every other year they made the playoffs with Vancouver. I'm trying to get the numbers right here. Let's see. He had one, two. Well, no, nah, it's not technically two, but two, three, 
four, five, six. Okay, here's a funny little stat here for you. Is he only is he the only ever goalie to wear the C on a team? In the modern era, yes. Bill Dernan, Bill Dernan, I think, is the last one. Yeah, the for old those of you that, yeah, the, for those of you that don't remember, he was the captain of the Vancouver Canucks for like a, like a, I think it was like one season. They tried it out and realized it was kind of awkward. He didn't wear the C on the sweater. He yes, he did. On, he wore it on his chin. He had it on his chin of his mask. I remember that. Let's see. Made the playoffs in 07, didn't in 08. 2010, they did. 09 and 10. He only missed the playoffs once. Twice with Vancouver. Yeah, but then again, you also have to remember those were the Sedin years. Prime. Right. But they missed it. Oh, he missed a couple years. It's funny because I was about to say, how many years did he actually have a winning record with Florida? He actually had quite a bit. He, he only had one. In his first tenure with Florida, 05, 06, he went 35 and 30. And then after that, he went. When the first year when he got traded back to Florida, he only had, he went six seven and one only fourteen games. Remember that was the big, big trade that happened there. He had he went twenty eight nineteen and twelve and fifteen, thirty five nineteen and six twenty fifteen twenty sixteen. The year they made the playoffs seventeen fifteen and six eighteen eleven and two and eighteen six and five. So Luongo has not had a losing record since. I'm going to make sure I have this right. Since 2003-2004, before the lockout. That's pretty darn impressive. Yeah. Even at his age, too. I mean, he was, it's... 19 years in the league. He is one of the best goaltenders to never win a Stanley Cup. I remember some people like, he's the best. I'm like, guys, Curtis Joseph played for how many years? Well, that is up for debate. On what you, de- what you call the best goalie ever. Well, I listen, everyone's looking at Henrik Lundqvist as a modern day, which I agree but Curtis Joseph, neither goaltender was able to win the big one. I mean, you have Tony Esposito, who was really good, too. Okay, but here's the question. Are we talking post-lockout? Modern era, Curtis Joseph. It's up for debate. Post, some, post- some people would say Lundqvist. Some people would say Osgood. Some people would say... Osgood won us to Alex. Osgood won cups. Oh, that's right. How do you forget that? Unbelievable. Well, who am, who am I thinking of, then? Who are you thinking of? I don't know. Johnny Van Beesbrook. We got Ryan Miller. Many legacy won cups. Technically. Technically. He technically won a he cup. He was on the team. He was on the team in 2002. I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to look at goaltenders that have, I mean, Olaf Kozlik had a couple good years, but in terms of longevity, Curtis Joseph was the best. Roberto Longo second in my eyes. And Henrik Lundqvist comes in a solid third. Yeah. If you ask me, in the modern Biased era, opinion. Because he's a leaf. And no, because look, he's what Joseph won 454 games, didn't play a thousand, but like I said, there's only been three goaltenders ever do that. I don't know what you want me to say that you have a bias because you love Cujo and his mask. Oh, the mask is a wonderful thing. Listen, Tony Esposito is a really good goaltender too, but I'm saying in in the t- terms of from 1990 till now, Curtis Joseph is the best. Uh, who would you rather have in a game seven? Curtis Joseph or Roberto Luongo? That's always the debate. That's always the conversation killer. Roberto Luongo because he can steal goals. Do you not remember 2011 game seven, Vancouver and Boston? The city rioted because Luongo had a bad game. Yeah, he had one bad game in that entire season. Curtis Joseph's won multiple game sevens before, at least. I don't yes, think- but here's the thing. I don't care. I like Luongo. I love Luongo, too. Luongo has been one of my favorite goaltenders in the league for the last how many years? 
Yeah, well, I don't remember Curtis Joseph that much. That's, yeah, no, it comes with age, I know. But I, listen, Curtis Joseph was me playing, he was a street hockey goaltender with ice skates on. It was great. Sure. And he did everything he had to do to make the save. Fortunately, got old. Actually, actually okay, to be fair, his time in Detroit to was, be fair. he was always better on teams that stunk. Yeah. Kind of like a <laughs> Well, no, because Curtis Joseph, could, if you put up 35 to 40 shots, you had a better chance of winning than if you put 20 shots. So you're telling me Curtis Joseph would have won a Stanley Cup if hey, he no. played for the Florida if, Panthers. If he stuck with the Leafs. Who would have won more Game 7s with the Florida Panthers? Curtis Joseph or Le- Roberto Luongo? They never got to Game 7 with Florida, but you know what? No. He played, what, s- six? or something like that? What? Roberto Longo. With who? With Florida? Playoff games? Florida? Anyways. Wait. But no. What? Playoff games. Oh, six. That was, that was the series yeah, when Tavares ended double overtime. Yeah. The but, year that the Panthers won the division. Yeah, but no. The it, Atlantic division. The Re- the Roberto Luongo era, especially down in Florida. I mean, you know he's going to be an ambassador down there. He's done a lot of stuff oh, for that community. Par- he's staying in Parkdale. Yeah, he's he's going to be doing a lot of stuff for the team after his career is over, which obviously now it is. He'll probably get a job, goaltending consultant or something like that. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's just going to sit there and watch Mbrowski. Mbrowski, five hole, glove. You, you know what you're doing. I'm just going to sit here and watch I remember when I was that flexible. He was never that flexible. I don't think he was ever that He's going to sit either. behind Bobrovsky. Like, he's going to be just literally in a chair right behind the net. And he's with, a like, white, with a whiteboard. With a white stick side. Hey, this Bob- guy's what? He's going to be like, hey, Sergey. I know that I wouldn't have let that one in. <laughs> hey, Sergey. That's hey, no. Luanga wouldn't do that. Luanga's too nice of a guy. He'll tweet about it, though. He, he as, will long, as long as Luongo tweeted, listen, I remember when he first tweeted out um, after he was that he was retiring. I can't wait for opening night saying, I think I should be doing something right now. And yeah, you probably. know he's going to tweet something dumb like that. As long as he tweets every so often, it's all I care about. Yeah. So, Roberto Luongo. But we still don't know what the identity is of at Strombone1. We still need to figure it out. Roberto Luongo retiring after 19 years. Craig Berube signed for two years with St. Louis. We talked about that earlier. Many contracts. All, all of the Hall of Fame class, UFAs, RFAs. Let me just take one everybody. last look here of the signings to make sure nothing else came up. Nothing yet. Really the last real big one since Aho signed. Of course, like I said, Sebastian Aho. Well, stay in Carolina. They did match it the 8.454 for five years. But that's really been the last big one. I mean, there's still, like I said, people on the market and RFAs that still need to be signed or possibly offer sheeted now. What will Montreal do? Will they will they get a little excited? Will they keep going for more? I would. Why not? What do you got to lose, Mark Bergevin? Your job's been on the chopping block for the last, I don't know, when you trade two, man? Three years ago. Yeah. So on that note, make sure to check out um, us on social media at the keel podcast hashtag the keel podcast also making sure to check out our partners downtown sports network at dt sports network also um checking them out on all of their other stuff all the different shows that they have in their arsenal 
For Tyler, thank you so much for listening for another episode of the Keel Podcast. The we'll longest be- episode ever of the Keel Podcast. We are at over two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, just about a three-hour show. Obviously, this was a huge one. Definitely. Hey, take- that's why we trained for this, right? This sure. Whole, this, is, well, this is the climax of the year. Let's be honest, it is. Sure, but it's bigger than the. I think it's bigger than the playoffs because this is the big day where all the news happens, and we're not going to be taking a week. Up. Well, we'll. See. I mean, if there anything big happens, we'll see how next week goes. We were going to take breaks while I was on vacation, but we realized that well, we can't. We yeah. Really, we really so c- we will be uh, letting you know via social media what schedules we'll be doing. Obviously, Tyler is all in charge of that, so he'll be sending out tweets and stuff saying, "Hey, we're going to be doing a show today. Hey, U.S. and England's on. Turn it on." Yeah, we'll do that after we're done here. Oh, yeah. But uh, thank you once again for listening to the show, listening to us bickering at each other and talking about people and hockey and Telling whatnot. Telling you how Nikita Zaitsev is not a good defenseman. <laughs> the fact that you admitted that, I'm just going to keep riding. He's a, he's a good... We're, we're not talking about this. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Cody's easy for days. Savior of the world. Goodbye. Goodbye.